0: Beard Bros, Campfire Fun Time. I'm Grant. All right, guys, we got a good one today. We got a couple guests here. We have the one and only Mike Blam. You guys know, him. you've heard him on the podcast before. And we have Casey. What's your last name? Callison. Callison. I couldn't remember if it was Callison or Callison. I didn't ask you. I should have clarified that. Casey Callison with us today as well with Mike Blim. Uh It's going to be a good one. We'll talk about a lot of stuff from music to outdoor stuff and fishing. Uh, who knows where else we'll kind of go. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, like us on Facebook. Do all that stuff. Wherever you listen to us, rate us and review us. We appreciate it. Uh, but without further ado, we're just going to jump right into this. Um, well, last time... Uh, the audience is unfamiliar with you, Casey, but yeah. it, people are briefly, I guess, acquainted with Mike over here, the amp builder from Blim Amplification. Uh, he's also pedal steel player. He's got a few bands he plays in, Kicking uh, Kickin' and, and what's some of the other ones? Uh, Honky Tonk Dream. Honky Tonk Dream, that's uh, right.
1: Playing with Casey's new. Band, yep. Yep. And uh, Murphy's Ford out of Jeff City. Awesome.
0: So make sure you look them up. I'm sure they got social media for everything. I know I've seen them on Facebook and stuff too. But uh, look them up. You can follow them and find their music there and where they're playing. Um, Casey, uh, I guess. Why don't you uh, just kind of introduce yourself and all that small talk stuff?
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, like you said, you know, I'm Casey Callison. Um, playing music around here for a few years now. Mike is in um two bands with me right now he does honky-tonk dream plays a steel guitar for our 90s cover band there Uh, a lot of country music and then um for my band casey callison uh, and then the band nomenclature i suppose is casey callison and the shin kickers nice uh just something we picked up (laughs) during uh whenever we did the npr studio live thing it was funny right on yeah yeah picked it up and decided we were going to run with that so mike plays steel guitar for that as well Um, And as you know, I fish, I tie flies, like yeah. basically anything outdoors, man. I'll, I'll just go sit by the river all day too. Like I don't even need to be doing anything as long as I'm outside sunshine, near water, near trees, whatever, man. It's, you know, all makes me happy. It's all uh, creative time as far as I see it too. Yeah, so.
0: for sure. I think that's like the easiest and cheapest therapy without a doubt that everyone has this natural primitive tendency that you can, you're already you're able to do it. Like everyone is able to fish. You don't have to have any sort of physical requirement or background or expertise. That's the cool part about it. And it's truly, I think probably like the goat of lifetime activities because it truly doesn't matter. Like I've seen babies all the way to the oldest of old people fish and yeah, and it's so awesome because the kind of like little, uh, I wouldn't say principles, but kind of that you learn about life just by going fishing or I guess the opportunity to learn is there because most of the time it's what is it like 98 percent, 99 point something percent of the time you're just sitting there waiting yeah in silence absolutely. <laughs> yeah depending on the day it could be a hundred percent of the time yeah, right yeah, yeah so most of most yeah. of the time yeah and that's a that's an interesting thing because I think a lot of people now obviously due to the amount of distractions we have like oh goodness like um obviously this tv that's on right behind us right it's like yeah. in our cell phones in our pockets you know and the car honking its horn or the person yelling across the street there's so many distractions like nowadays and even just even excluding technology there's just so much more going on nowadays that I think that a lot of people would benefit with that just slowing down a little bit. Just a little. I understand liking that fast paced life. I grew up in Bolivar, Missouri. Small town. Mm-hmm. You just the biggest dream, you didn't even have any dream, but one of the biggest dreams was just to get out of the small town and just move to Springfield. That's like a check on your lifetime mm-hmm. goal. You're like at least yep. I got out. You know, at least I got it and there's nothing not there's anything wrong with Bolivar. I love it. It's still a great town. Um It's just, you know, when you're a kid, that's one of those goals and aspirations. Um, but definitely after you live somewhere else, you start missing home. You start missing the things that you were familiar with growing up. And a lot of people would benefit slowing down, going back to a little bit more of their roots. Um, And going outside, obviously, that's kind of like the number one thing about this podcast. We're trying to tell everyone that outside is so accessible, you just walk out your door. You know, most people, the first thing that they did, they told us in the pandemic was stay inside. It's like, man, that that was garbage. I watched everyone do it too. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I I didn't. I literally fished every day. It (laughs) was incredible. I got so good at bass fishing during that. Start of the pandemic, and that's something I was never great at. I wasn't, because yeah. I don't have a boat, so I always bank fish and to bass fish successfully off the bank, hopping at different lakes and rivers and ponds. That's not easy. You're
2: at the mercy of the access yeah. that you're at, yeah, purely
0: so, yeah. and the dirt bags that you know trashed the place and overfished and pressured the place before me. Um, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate too, but man outside of a lot of like the downtown homeless population that would not all of them but a lot of the ones that would damage and destroy and leave trash fishermen unfortunately are some of the dirtiest people I've ever seen and it is so sad
2: I don't know how many private accesses that like farmers or someone's just yeah. super nice has been like, yeah, cut through here, fish, like yeah. hit the river, uh, you know, because they're excited to see people outside too. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you go back and there's now a fence up with no trespassing sign yep. because people have spent all that yep. time being able to access it and then leaving their, you know, soda cans, beer trash, cans, trash, everywhere. fishing line, Packaging, dead fish, whatever, yep. you know, just ruining that person's property that yep. they were so kind to let you access through.
0: And that's like, that's, that's a huge issue for obvious reasons other than like even even other than the obvious like environmental issues that it have the ramifications of losing our free public land yeah is horrible mm-hmm. it's horrible well there's we,
2: millions of acres of, yeah. of bureau of land management land yeah. that are landlocked that yeah. you can't even get to right yep. now
0: yep and i don't know how they even do that because <laughs> like it is our land and a lot of people they genuinely don't know it like i have friends that are You know they message all the time like does anyone have land i can hunt does anyone have land i can hunt i'm like you have land you can hunt
2: yeah if you're around (laughs) here just drive over to bodark i mean you can even go to busick they have archery hunting out in busick
0: you know i regularly go to conservation areas. i could name 10 that i regularly bounce within an hour of here my number one is dale sayre because no one goes there right it's north of town dale sayre pleasant hope are two really good ones where they're they're fairly big. Pleasant Hope, especially, it's really mm-hmm. big. But Dale Sear is big enough that even if there are other hunters out there, you're you're rarely going to see them. Um, uh, Compton uh, Compton Falls or Compton Hollow mm-hmm. is one kind of towards the Lebanon area. It's near Marshfield actually, but it's on the way. But anyway, the point is you're a public landowner just like I am. Right, you know, and and you own millions of acres Mm -hmm. that's already been allocated and set aside for you and people don't understand that that you can just it's for your recreation whatever your activity you want to do you can do it on some of these lands somewhere Mm -hmm. you can even raise cattle that's you know you can graze cattle a lot of people don't know that there are certain public lands you have to obviously pay taxes Mm -hmm. you have to do that but there are Areas that you can graze and pasture your own cattle on, on like certain bureau land, which is really interesting. I, I doubt anyone around Missouri does that really, you know, um, but anyway, I got sidetracked to kind of get back to the fishing thing and spending time alone and slowing down a little bit. Um, I see so much angst and anxiety, um, on social media. It's not super present in the real world, in reality. But it's hard to th- not think that social media kind of reflects at least somewhat of the sentiments of reality. So I just see so much angst and anxiety with people um, in little things. And like little trivial things that shouldn't that shouldn't ruin your day.
2: Well, kind of like we're talking about, even with fishing, dude, you, you get so many people that go fishing and I've been guilty of it too, with the intent of like, man, this would make a cool Instagram post or something yeah, like that. Or trying to take
0: pictures. Yeah, and...
2: absolutely. And, and part of that is cool. Cause you are capturing nature. But yeah. also part of that yeah. is like, like we're talking about taking away the meaning of, yeah. Of what being are, what's
0: your reason for, for, for fishing. Yeah. Okay. And then what's your reason for taking a picture of you fishing? And then what's the reason for you then posting that picture? Because was it for you just to remember the fishing trip? Mm -hmm. Or was it ultimately so that you could make that post?
2: Right, yeah. And it takes a lot of that relaxation away too. Yeah. Because you would constantly be in the mindset of, like, man, I got to catch a fish for this or I have to be at just the right place at the right time to make sure I get that picture so that all my followers can see, you know, I'm a good fisherman or these are the cool places I go. Yeah.
0: And... That's exactly right. It takes out the true intent and meaning, and it it delegitimizes the entire purpose of you doing that thing to begin with. For instance, if you're going to help someone, help them, and then go about your business. Go about your day.
2: Yeah, you don't need to post a video that you no. gave that person Correct. $5 or, and you, or whatever it was. And yeah. you don't need
0: to tell anybody.
2: Exactly. Well, that's, that's the whole point of being charitable. Yes.
0: And matter of fact, in the Bible it says like something like fasting. When you're doing something like fasting, it talks about then the first rule is you don't say anything to anybody. Right, yeah. You don't you tell do anyone. It ruins it. It's it ruins the entire purpose of the fast. And then then it will ruin the fast at that point. So it's not doing anything for you spiritually. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the same thing. It's not saying that every single time someone posts anything online it's for clout for self-glorification it's um to make sure that everyone else knows who i am and what i believe in and stand up not saying that but mostly mostly and we're all guilty but it's how aware of it we are and what kind of changes we make and where we where we go with that yeah like are we going to continually make those posts are we going to continually treat others the way we do for self gratification, which is just mind blowing, but you you think it's it's a it's a really righteous cause that you're doing it for, and it very well may be. Just like fasting, it could be a very righteous and holy and spiritual thing, but because you have now tainted the purpose, it's all ruined. Right. Yeah. So that's the time for personal self reflection and that's the time for alone time no better time than fishing or hunting I agree yeah (laughs) a a
2: big thing in my my work right now is a lot of people are focused on uh, mindfulness so uh, it doesn't even have to necessarily be meditating but a lot of the resources revolve around meditating yeah which I'll be honest like I've tried and I struggle with the the basic form of meditation but I they kind of pose the question to me like well what do you think about when you're fishing and I'm like that's what I was well, going to bring up. what I,
0: is meditation <laughs> to you right because exactly. that that term the reason why people think they don't meditate a lot of, often is because my meditation is not what you're thinking of when you meditate. sometimes, if you want to call it meditate, I sit there quietly think and pray. You know sometimes I just don't really think, and I just allow mm. nature or whatever to just be, and mm. I just observe.
2: Well, cause I, I was thinking about it and when I'm outside fishing or hunting, I'm not thinking about much other than the flow of the water, uh, my flies, my lure, like what's that sound in the woods? I'm not thinking really about anything else. And if that were the case at home, like we just talked about yeah. so many distractions, I would rather be on my phone or watching the TV or, or, uh, reading yeah. a book or something like that where my mind is like
0: the second you engaged. get bored.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't it's not as easy to take that time to actually sit there and just have those moments of silence in your mind.
0: Yeah. And that's why you actually have to have to set aside those times, right? That's why fishing and hunting is a great opportunity. Even if, and I've told people, even if you don't want to hunt, just go sit in the woods. It's, it's therapy for free. Well, except for the gas getting you over there. But I mean, it's, it can do something for you and time as we know it, doesn't exist the way that they tell us it does because there's no such thing as like a second to go. You can't prove it. I mean, yes, we lived through it, but it's gone. And the future is always the future. It's always a day away. You have to live in the moment. Mm -hmm. You have to be here. You have to be now. You have to think about what happens now to affect the future Mm -hmm. You have to think about now in regards to where you are now in regards to the past. But that's the only part of time that you really need to focus on because time is very cyclical. The second you die, the, the sun keeps going. I mean, time doesn't stop. We don't know what time is. We just call these seconds. We have to constantly adjust, leap years, leap seconds, because our yeah. time is so messed up, our understanding mm-hmm. of time. That no one can really get time quite right. Our watches, our phones, all probably say something slightly different. Mm -hmm. And it's... I guess the, the whole point I'm trying to make is people really need to worry about what they've done to put them in the position that they are in today. And then take a step back from there Take a deep breath as well, because it's not going to be an easy conversation to have this with yourself. you know, I'm my biggest critic, but I could be harder, right and right. I could I could correct finally all the dumb stuff that I continually do yet that I know is setting me back.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And we as human beings, we with science and goodwill and faith, we guess and guesstimate where we are what this is what our purpose is what we're doing and what happens after right and to the best of our abilities we just kind of go through this life but we just we we truly don't we don't know exactly everything but what we do know is that if you just try to do your best and acknowledge your mistakes and move on instead of living that woe is me life like I'm seeing all online it's either woe is me everyone's out to get me i can't believe it everyone else that doesn't believe this is plug in a random variable word that they that's just ridiculously alarming that they put in or it's all soapboxing it's all echo chamber it's the controlled kind of opposition where you you're not changing anyone's lives. If you're speaking to the same 10 people Mm -hmm. and those same 10 people believe the exact same way and same stuff that you do. It just, it doesn't happen. And we as human beings, we are indeed physical, but more so. And mostly we're spiritual. We are these weird feeling balls and we connect with people we connect with natures. We even connect with animals. We connect with things because we're spiritual mm-hmm. and our emotions are like our physical connection. Kind of that spirituality it lets us, lets our body kind of feel a little bit of what our spirit is feeling. And I see so many people vibrating on such just a low frequency. The stuff that they do, they don't understand. It slows down their vibration. And the goal is to be as high vibrating as possible and this isn't like woo-woo stuff it's it's just like we're we're spiritual man like our soul when you say my body my mind well who's my yeah your body's not you your mind is not you you are you the, the one that's Telling your body and signaling it to make sounds right now that's perceived by us is you. That's the real you. You're two different people in one, but your spirit's controlling it. And a lot of people don't have that connection with themselves, I feel like. And that low vibrational activity that they're engaging in daily just keeps them vibrating with other low level entities that are just in this spiritual realm that we're in man like we we only see half this you know a quarter of the stuff that's in this world or even a a small percentage it's like we can't see ultraviolet light we can't see infrared light Mm -hmm. both without vision like aids so you mean to tell me that there's not other light spectrums and other things that we can't see of course there's stuff we can't see we can't see sound but that doesn't mean sound isn't there we can't see ir doesn't mean ir is not there I think we live in this crazy spiritual realm, whatever this earth is, it's super special and the most special beings in the entire universe are us human beings because I feel like we have the ability to both participate and actively engage in the physical realm and experience all the feelings both sadness and happiness and everything in between. But we also get to experience the spirituality of like love, faith and hope and hopes. Like one of the greatest things ever when someone loses hope, that's like the saddest thing ever because you see their entire life. it, It spirals completely out of control. Yep. And I'm seeing a lot of hopeless, hopeless people and more like the ratio and the frequency has gone up. It seems like,
2: I also wonder if part of that is our age group as well, you know, because as I started to get into my 30s, I started to see a lot more people who were more kind of like, oh, well, life has kind of passed me by. I didn't get to do X, Y, Z by the time I thought I would. Or, um, man, I'm just so old. And all of that, I think, stems from them, like, not hitting goals they thought they would have. Like, maybe they didn't start a family by the time they were 30, like they they thought they would, um, or something like that. So a lot of people, I think, just have too much pressure on themselves and so once they're not able to do what they thought they were going to do or have as much fun as they thought they were gonna have or whatever maybe then they let those negative thoughts just kind of take over like well I guess I'm uh may as well just hang it up I'm just gonna live the rest of my life and uh by myself and carry on you know we see a lot of success stories of people who um you know like being country music people Brooks and Dunn didn't even start writing together until they were in their mid-30s yeah you know, and a lot of writers too, just in general, didn't get a big break till the thirties, forties, fifties,
0: whatever. And how many people would tell you you're starting too late? Right, nobody. Or there's no chance. Yeah, it's right. If you want to do at it them now, go and do it. Do it. At least try. Yeah.
2: Give it your all. You yeah. know, because like there's I, no
0: such thing as a future. If you go say I'll do it eventually, yeah. you'll never. do You won't.
2: It. Right. Well, that's and that's where I'm at with my music too. You know, we've been part of a cover band for a few years together now, and I've played cover music forever. And I've started want to get more into my originals because that's where yeah. like a big passion of my music is—is is like writing it. Because I'm, you know, I'm a writer too. Like I write nonfiction, fiction, all stuff like that. Um, and so, like, writing is just kind of a passion of mine. So I'm like, at this point, you know, I'm 32. If I'm going to do it, I need to like try. Yeah. You know, a lot of people could have said like, "Well, you need to get started in your 20s," which I could have. That
0: would have been. And I probably should for have. For some people, that helps. But for other people, right. like myself. I was an idiot, and I need to learn more. Yeah. I need to stop talking. I don't need to go on and be pretentious and act like my my lyrics or my music is going to be great because at that time I don't think I was ready to right, be yeah. writing music. Or if and I would performing have found it
2: fame, live. I would have been one of those ones that ended up broke yeah. or made yeah. a bunch of stupid decisions. Whatever it may have been. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons that it didn't happen, and like now I'm at the point where I'm like, may as well give it a shot now. Like, what do I have to lose? Worst case yeah. scenario, I'm still like. I'm You're still back playing, to working. Man. I'm yeah. still, like, I'm having fun playing music with my friends, and, and, yeah.
1: You definitely have a greater appreciation when you stumble across new things. The older you get, I feel, yeah. you get into them. You know, like, the the whole Pale Steel thing, man, I'm glad I didn't stumble into it until I was, you know.
0: Yeah, because you might have life. potentially gave it up.
1: Well, yeah, or just not, I, just not an appreciation yeah. like I have for it now, you know, yeah. and the style of music and everything, you know, so... Definitely, or the uh, you know re- electronic stuff. You know, yeah. it just would have been just like another freaking thing. You know, that yeah. you're just stumbling through instead of really appreciating that you have the ability to learn this stuff. Yeah, you know, that's that's where the real appreciation is. Is that you know you f- you figured out that you do have this ability. You, you know, to learn new things, mm-hmm. no matter what age you're yep, at, you are at, for know? sure,
0: and it never stops unless you stop it. It's like yeah. obviously, mental capability will limit you eventually one day, but mm-hmm. until that day comes, you drill it into your habitual memory and muscle memory, so that when that day comes, you can just still be playing. Mike, you'll be ninety years old still, like swelling in music. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's not a problem because. It's just drilled. Mm-hmm. It's drilled in you. But if you don't do it, I don't want to be, you know, 70, 80, 90 and just being like, I wish I would have played the banjo or something. I wish yeah. I would have just picked up a mandolin at least once or twice and just chunked a little bit. Yep. You know, and it's too easy to not do those things, mm-hmm. but it's even easier to just do them. Like, just pick it up. Yeah, you're going to suck. You're going to be bad, more than likely. At most of the things that you're going to do, but depending on how passionate you are, how disciplined you are, and how f- and or focused, you can get really good really quick.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing—you have to let yourself be new at something yes. too. Like for example, super important. Th- yeah, like I just started jujitsu a month ago. And yes, like, I, I was going to reference it I'm just that. getting destroyed by everybody right now, but that's part of it. Like I've mm-hmm. only been doing yeah. it for a month, and everything's so like difficult. Like, it's just a hard sport to pick up. But at the same time, like, it's something I've always wanted to try. Yeah. And why
0: not? That is, without a doubt, the best, most humbling life experience activity I think any adult human could go through is jiu-jitsu. Be a white belt. Be a white belt for a year. See what happens. Because what you're going to do is you're going to get smashed by a 12-year-old girl. You're going to get smashed by a 55 year old man that weighs, you know, 250 pounds. You're going to get just flipped over, hip tossed, thrown, submitted by your best friend's daughter. It happens so often. It's daily. And that humility is so healthy Mm -hmm. because you understand I'm nothing. I don't know anyone ever what their capabilities are because you take a look at like that 12 year old guy over there and you're like, well, I could just head kick him. You come try and head kick him and like, see what happens. He's going to put you in a leg lock and break your knee. You know, like there's all sorts of crazy things, but I've always advocated for jujitsu. I've been off and on with it for years, um, at a few different gyms, but it's without a doubt, it's such a, that is another great activity. It's just, you know, for the lifetime, you're, you will incur injuries. You will eventually have surgeries. You will, you know, it breaks your body down. Right, yeah. That's difficult. the long-term yeah. thing. That's the reason why I had to kind of back off a little bit. But definitely, definitely do jiu-jitsu if you can, if you're able. I learned so much. <clears throat> in the community of people are obviously some of the nicest, smartest most dedicated assassins you'll ever meet
2: yeah everyone was willing to hop right in and help me and after they destroyed me gave me advice on how they destroyed me why what can i do next yeah. time and even after a month i can already see you know the way i'm thinking about it and the way i roll every day when i'm yeah. there has changed
0: and like in your daily life how you grab onto things how you hold you'll start being like hmm you'll just start like grabbing yeah. Yeah. onto stuff and testing like that is a really good hold. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. And you start testing out moves on your girlfriend or something. <laughs> <Like> stand <laughs> yeah. there, don't move. You know, hey, Mike, don't let me don't freak out. Quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> um, do a few more of
2: these IPAs and we'll start talking. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So speaking of jujitsu, this weekend, the UFC, I don't know if either of you guys are UFC fans, but this weekend's one of the biggest weekends for fights in a long time. Uh John Jones returns mm-hmm. uh after years being out. He's been to prison numerous times, like six times. He was the heavyweight champ, got the belt stripped from him. They caught him doping, but it wasn't doping. Turns out they were they it was they were testing at the wrong amounts. And he would have passed this whole time so they basically untainted his tainted career mm. brought him back it's crazy um, how it's that crazy.
2: mistake just like ruined him for a while
0: literally well that and all the cocaine but yeah, well, yeah okay. <laughs> you know that that was that was also pretty bad but yeah it was unbelievable that he was able to do cocaine all night and then come back and beat dc and win the heavyweight title and like defend it and the guy's nuts so we'll see what happens this weekend but the amount of Fighters that are stacked on this main card This is going to be crazy I had to write him down because I was going to forget somebody John Jones versus Cyril Ghosn of course That's the heavyweight champ uh, Valentina Shevchenko versus Grosso Flyweight champion for women uh, Gamrot versus Turner uh, Rachmanov versus Jeff Neal Duplessis versus Derek Brunson Cody Garbrandt versus Trevor Jones It's This one's going to be a good one um, Every fight's going to be super yeah. entertaining <clears throat> Yeah, I'm glad I don't have a gig, so I will get to watch it. Yep, Saturday. The night. Same as me. I had one a week or two ago, and I, two weeks, and I, I made sure that this weekend was open. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm not missing. This one's going to be the really uh,
1: tickets good went on sale for uh, Kansas City. Kansas City. I know. I've been. And watching I got on that. there. I'm like, dude, come on, man. I haven't checked prices.
0: Yeah, that's fifty. That's what I think. A ticket, that's man. A, like even before I mean,
1: scalpers. Yeah. Still oh. Yeah. step hub or vivid and see i'm
0: in i made a deal with my girlfriend i was like if we go to the ufc which we will um because i have friends who have been and they're like it's awesome the energy is great you obviously can't see anything you don't know what's yeah. going on so it's going there it's experiencing it it's feeling it and then you go back and you watch them because you you can't hear anything there's no commentating obviously you know you're, yeah you're just watching the fights you're listening um but uh
1: it's so expensive
0: oh yeah that's it i mean that's it it's it's so much money
1: some of them are even you
0: know it's yeah 600 it's like general admission it's like 350 just even start
1: i mean nosebleeds are 150 i'm like there's no way yeah you know
0: (laughs) and see that's where if i'm going to go to the ufc i'm going to probably spend i'm just going to save up Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to spend like a grand to 1500 and I'm going to get some seats Yeah, just so mm-hmm. it's worth all of the trouble. And I have a killer time while I'm there. So it's not just like, well, I, I saw a UFC fight in person. Like, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Where were you sitting? All the way at the back behind a column and the I rafters. I,
2: I didn't see it, but I was there. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I, I imagine. I what heard it, was it like. kind yeah.
0: of over the roaring crowd. Yeah,
2: that's how it has to be though. Like sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and pay more than what you're. Like whenever Turnpike Troubadours got back together, I was like, man, I'm willing to pay like three hundred dollars for a ticket. And then luckily, I found a ticket at one of the Kane shows. I found the last ticket available for fifty bucks.
0: That's not bad at all. (laughs) It was
2: completely (laughs) lucky.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how much ticket prices are because, like for everything, um, I used to say, like I had a range of like prices that I thought were fair that artists should charge. If you're the best of the best, for instance, I saw Paul McCartney, um, I saw Bob Dylan, James Taylor, all three of those were $60 each mm-hmm. for general admission.
2: That's how much I just paid for Marcus King tickets. Yeah. for. And the that yeah. should
0: be legendary status musician, 60 bucks a piece in a stadium. You're making enough money. Oh, yeah absolutely you're and I know you have to pay to rent it out I get it it's a half a million dollars just to turn the lights on at Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. half a million just to turn the lights on they charge you just to turn the lights a half a million it's unreal so I get it but 60 bucks a person is a lot of money especially if, if those are the cheapest of your tickets and you have ones down front for two to six hundred bucks and a thousand bucks a piece it's I'm not about to go see, like, for instance, this this band is popping like Chain Smokers, four hundred dollars in Vegas.
2: Yeah, no way.
3: Dude,
0: That's I saw hard, Bob Dylan. <laughs> I yeah. saw Paul yeah. McCartney. I saw James Taylor. And he was the best at all of them. James Taylor was phenomenal oh, live. Yeah, I'm sure. Phenomenal live. He was so good. He was so good. Um, he had the saxophone player from the Blues Brothers band there with him. Um or Doobie Blues Blues Brothers. He was sick. They they were so good. Bob Dylan was real sad. He was real sad to watch live. But it was cool just to at least see Bob Dylan. You saw person. Bob Dylan. Yes. I, yeah. I got to say I at least saw Bob Dylan. But obviously since he, he didn't have a vocal range and he wasn't singing correctly his whole life, he strained his voice. And any time he went, eh, he's going out of his range and he's singing in the back of his throat. Well, now his voice is... Eh. So when he tries to sing, he's like, ehr, ehr, ehr. it's so sad. It's like anything mm, yeah. above a super low voice is, it's all just cracked out and voiceless, but it is crazy that he's still playing and singing at least.
2: I mean, if he came through Springfield, <laughs> I would try to go still. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Cause it's, it's still Bob Dylan, but I doubt he would be charging, you know, for general admission, he's probably not going to be charging two to $400 a ticket. Like some of these new artists. No, no, I don't understand what's going on.
1: It'll I, be full. Yeah. That's, the place will yes, be full, man. Absolutely. absolutely. It'll Insane. be sold out show. Yep. It'll be a sold out show. And $14 beer. Yep. I mean, yep. Crazy in stuff. a tiny little
0: plastic cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they do it because people buy it. Oh, it's yeah. like if people would just stop, Be like, no, I'm not paying for general admission $200 to go see a band that has only been around for 12 years. Well, that's (laughs) that's why scalpers
2: are doing so well. Like whenever Tyler Childers announced his tour, a few of my buddies texted me like, let's try to get tickets for the amp. I'm like, yeah, we're all going to get online, try to buy tickets. And if we can, everyone just buy whatever tickets you can get. And then we'll sell them to our friends for the face value. Right. So we all get on. I was the closest one. And I was like 13,000th in line. And I got on like the second it let me, I was ready to go.
0: Yeah. They absolutely have rooms of people. Oh yeah. Like businesses just buying tickets and reselling them. Yeah. They program bots to go and do it.
2: So I get on and then it tells me no tickets are available at like 3000 people still left ahead of me. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, we'll see what it's all about when I get there. And then they were selling lawn tickets at the Walmart amp for like three fifty. scalpers, were. lawn scalp, scalpers. Oh were. gosh. And so then my buddy's like, well, I guess let's just pay three fifty for tickets. I'm <laughs> no. like, no, we're not going to do that. We're don't not going to give these scalpers yeah. what they want. And that, cause that's how they're able to keep doing it. Cause yep. people are going to think, well, I guess I need to see Zach Bryan or Tyler Childers or, or whoever yeah. is super popular and pay you whatever don't need to see them that bad. Yeah. I'll tell like, you well, that. Well, tickets are going to cost like, no, you're letting tickets cost that much. Yeah. And Marcus King, it.
0: that would have been a good show, man. How was that, Marcus King? Yeah,
2: he's he's coming up in June twentieth. Okay, yeah, so he hasn't so, happened yet. And sixty dollars—that was yeah, that's, the the GA. You're at the front. Yeah, you could get cheaper tickets for the balcony at the Galois. it yeah. would have been like twenty nine. Yeah, for sure. So like that's not bad. And I, I'll play. I'll pay sixty bucks. I think I saw I saw Gary Clark Jr. there for like forty bucks, and that that'll was be awesome. a really cool oh, show. Man, that was awesome,
0: dude. Six or seven, eight years ago, I saw Steve Vai at the Galois mm-hmm. Theater. Yeah. I saw Steve Vai was coming to town, and I'm like, that's a misprint. That, yeah. That's a misprint. He should be in Tokyo mm-hmm. right now, or like Dubai, Saudi, like mm-hmm. some Europe somewhere. He was scheduled for one night at the Galois Theater, and tickets were like 60 to 120 bucks, and the 120 was like down on the floor front right. row. Yeah. Yeah. But I had balcony seats front row. So I was front row balcony. It's well, like 60 then, bucks. It was the best the back, seats.
2: You sit in sit the back of the and it, it's
0: You can still see. Yeah, yeah. It's That's a, small a great venue. And it sounds incredible. Yes.
2: Dude, Gary Clark Jr. there. Yes. I, I knew I had to see him right away. Like, if, He's not coming through Springfield again. For sure. Same with Marcus
0: King. Yeah, He's not coming
2: back. Same with Steve
0: Vai. I was like, why is he even here? <laughs> this doesn't make yeah. any sense, dude. This d- makes no... Why wouldn't he play a JQH? Yeah. And just sell it out.
2: Mm-hmm. Joe Bonamassa comes through all the yeah. time at the Gloys, but yeah. he also knows that he charges enough for tickets yeah. that there's only going to be... You know, he's not going to sell it out. He's going to, he's going to sell enough tickets to fill that place, but he's going to make the same amount of money. Yeah. Because make it worth his time. Exactly.
0: I mean, I saw Dave Chappelle out of there too. Yeah. (laughs) Dave Chappelle came through town during 2016 presidential election during the campaign trail. So he, he was doing all of his jokes, working for that special that came after. And he was talking all about Trump and Clinton. And after, talking about how, you know, the absurdity of our system and how these are our two candidates. And it's like, nice job, you know, all this funny stuff. He's like, he made fun of Trump for a while, and then he's just like, and Clinton. Matter of fact, I didn't even go say nothing about her. (laughs) Because he's just like, I want to stay alive. (laughs) And everyone just busts up. It's like, gosh, it's Galloy in the last, like, six years, to eight years, they had a change where they've started yeah. to get phenomenal musicians and artists and acts coming through. Yeah. Phenomenal.
2: Well, if you guys remember when we were younger, you know, it was The Shrine. That's yeah. where all the big yep. people came through and played. I mean, and they, that, they still have some big shows like It's Parker just so McCall gross just and dirty there, you know? now. Yeah. Um, but The Goloids wasn't really doing much back then. No. There was a lot of small local stuff. Local the theater stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm so excited that that just. Beautiful venue is absolutely like crushing it with these acts that are coming through.
0: Yep. It kind of reminds me of like a small Fox Theater um yeah. where it's bougie in an old way but it's not tacky. Right. Like absolutely. It looks nice, it looks old, it looks like you know people like Marcus King should be in. playing there. Yeah. yeah, like bluegrass and a lot of folk and country music. It looks like that is who should be playing
2: the there. The other oh I don't remember what what night it was that I went and opened for Chuck Pesanio here in town at the Midnight Rodeo but before the show you know we had a couple hours to kill and he's like Frank fosters over at the Gloys. I know they're the drummer so he texted the drummer and we went back there and the drummer like <laughs> walked us in through the back rooms and we <laughs> stood on the Glois stage for a while and watched people line up it was pretty cool nice. but like even even that view like you see that and then you see all of the intricacies of it while you're standing on the stage yeah. and it's like you miss a lot of that in the crowd yeah. but man it's just like you just feel the history of it and the, yeah. the sound. It's a very
0: well built room. Absolutely. Every chair can see the stage. Yes. Like there isn't a blind spot in the whole theater, which is big, but that's the compromise of, of size. Mm-hmm. They, they designed that place. Well, obviously, cause I'm sure they were limited on space because it was side by side in old downtown buildings there. But, um, that's just really good use of space, you know? Absolutely. Well, Springfield
2: and, was a lot smaller back then too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, Springfield's super, super historic. Like, country music was extremely important here in Springfield. Buck Owens played in Fantastic Caverns multiple times.
2: Well, we had one of the largest country music shows across the nation yeah. for a long time. Yeah. It was the Ozark... Um, oh. Jubilee. Jubilee. Ozark yeah.
0: Jubilee, that's right. That's right. That's right.
2: Well, then you get Branson, you know, like the Oak Ridge Boys have their theaters. Johnny Cash did a residency yeah. there. You yeah. know, there's, there's a lot of people that have cruised around here and made it their home even for a little while
0: and it's it's certainly kind of like a highway like a like a road of music because it kind of starts in like tulsa and it yeah. goes up and you hit springfield and then it goes all the way to memphis and well, nashville it yeah it's this highway of just country rock and roll blues and if you're doing
2: a cross-country tour going from the east yeah. coast to the west coast Why would you not just like cruise down Route 66, which was a lot of what built it too. Absolutely, cruise down Route 66 and hit a few of these like, yeah, you're not going to get the crowd that you will once you finally hit the coast, but you're going to get a decent show. You're going to get a lot of people that are ready to have fun.
0: And as a performer, um, tell you, it's a lot easier to book in town like Springfield. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You can just say, hey, I want to play and like, all right. Most yeah, of the time, when, like when when do you want to play, yeah. Some will be like, <laughs> no one even do, asks to hear anything anymore. Yeah, no Never one cares. Will, yeah, but, it's crazy. Yeah. Even it's just, then, as
2: long as they can see that you like, okay, this guy at least knows how to hold a guitar or yes, whatever. You can get yeah. a gig.
0: It is it is kind of crazy. So there really is no excuse not to play. At least I something. will
2: actually say that I've had a friend from Branson tell me that he's had a hard time getting gigs around town. So, Is it because he's from Branson? It could be. I've I don't heard, know. Because he's, he's really talented. He should be playing wherever. But, um, yeah, it's just.
0: But I guess that that wouldn't make sense unless he's like he's an not like older guy. Okay. He, he's our okay. age. Okay. Then, yeah, what I said shouldn't matter. Because what I had heard was a lot of the older guys that worked in Branson for 20 years, they had near impossible time transitioning anywhere else. Right. Because they're like, nah, dude, you played in Branson you're asking too much money. You think you're better than you are as right. well. Yeah. Unfortunately, you don't fit what we're looking for sound-wise or whatever. And it caused a lot of problems where I had I always wanted that. But someone our age, that, that wouldn't have any issue. That That is...
2: Yeah. I think it's one of those deals where I mean, it's just timing could be a big yeah. part of it too. And just figuring that out. But
0: choosing the right venues is also pretty big. 100%.
2: Yeah, because cause there are certain <laughs> venues that I've tried to book and they're like, you sound great, but we don't want much country music, which yeah. is a lot of what I play. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm like, hey, you we know what? couldn't That's play great. at a
0: lot of the same venues. Absolutely. Like yeah. Our band, a lot of the clubs would be like, get off the stage, dude. Yep. You're not playing that music here. Yeah. And we'd be like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then vice versa. Yeah. They wouldn't tell a country act to get off stage, but the people just wouldn't enjoy it. Right.
2: Yeah. And then you wouldn't be invited back. Correct. Which I don't want to, I don't want to play somewhere where it's not going to be appreciated anyway. Like I I understand that they have clients that they're wanting to bring in and they have to keep those people happy. And that's great. I don't want to play to a bunch of people that aren't going to appreciate it because music taste is so objective too. like, just because I don't like rap music doesn't mean rap music isn't good. Yeah. It, just it just means I don't. Means you like
0: don't it. like it. It's ketchup and mustard. Exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just a condiment.
2: So like, I don't <laughs> want to force my way in anywhere because you could be the best country act out there, mm-hmm. but if the venue and the demographic that goes to that venue doesn't like country music, they're not going to have fun yep. and they're not going to come back whenever you play there. They're not going to stay for as many drinks as they would have if you know your band was playing there or yep. whatever.
0: And I guess. I thought about this too, that this is kind of a disadvantage for us being so high gain and loud on over half the songs that we play with our genre is we run the risk of being shut down at some of these places because the second Jake screams on some of these songs, yeah, you should see some of the faces of staff and stuff. Like most of the places we play now, it's obviously not. We've learned. Yeah. I mean, we're we're about six years running now, and um, we know what which which places you know to play at which not to. But in the beginning, we didn't, and there were some where we had to change set in the middle of the set. We're like, we're not going to play this song, this song, or this one. Mm -hmm. You guys want to replace it with uh, and just randomly throw one back on? Like, let's let's let's, yeah, let's let's change this because we had an issue eighth grade. This is like the second band we were ever in. Ironically, half of the guys in our band were in this one. Nice, yeah. like, and we were called a day late. We were this. We were trying to be screamo and hardcore.
2: You didn't even have to tell me what you were trying to be of with that band name. I of knew. Of course, yeah. of course.
0: We all had like tapered bangs, tight jeans, right. black the, band T shirts. God intended, right? of course. We popped out of the womb with like wristbands <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, and we literally wrote one song, and we're like, we're gonna play, we'll play at the Relay for Life, and they're like, yeah, a young kid, this sounds great, and like, you know, eighth graders coming to play music for us for a cancer fundraiser. Our time slot was like 11.30 midnight, something like that. We were playing for like 30 minutes with one song. (laughs) We didn't tell them we had one song. And we had no idea what, well, like we had played maybe two, two shows and it was like at a church lock in and like oh, talent yeah, shows, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. like school stuff. And we make it 15 seconds into the song. I would say 15 seconds. And this is outside on the uh, uh, track in mm-hmm. field, Right. right? We make it 15, maybe 20 seconds in. And all of a sudden, Jake on vocals, he's screaming that early. And it's just like started. Ah! he starts screaming just immediately. We had no idea what we were doing. It was terrible. Immediately, his mic, he's just like, ah. And it's just gone, silent. And all you hear is like the drums. They killed the power for our amps and everything they shut it off so had we would have been like adults with real gear Mm -hmm. they owe me some money yeah yeah and i might get physical over something like that because i can't replace this and they're not gonna like the number i tell them to replace my gear because they're gonna think you're lying i'll look it up with you right now yep and i'll take a detail they're not ready to pay for this stuff so it's like they had no idea they're just like power off Killed everything on stage. And all you hear is the... And a a faint... "Ah, (laughs) (laughs) scream, just like echoing through the crowd because everything's off. And oh my gosh, I realize immediately we're we're all just like, oh no. So we just stop playing, turn off our stuff that's already off. We just flip the switches, gather our stuff, and load out. It was... The worst Brutal. experience of our life. We got, like, shut down. They didn't even bother <laughs> to nice. kick us out. They just knew that we knew that we had to leave. Mm-hmm. We're just like, okay, let's just go. A curfew. We get- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That was a horrible, horrible, horrible gig right That's there. That's impressive.
2: Now, I will tell you that you don't even have to have that high of gain to <laughs> almost get booted out of somewhere. Mike almost got us kicked out of an American Legion this past year. We called oh, it the, fo- no. the Great Fog Incident of 2022. You want to tell them about that, Mike? No. Do <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> you want me to tell them yeah, about
3: that? Yeah, go ahead. Just
0: don't say, say mean, what uh, Legion post, I guess. It was not just in Springfield. It. Okay. it was not in Springfield.
2: <laughs> it was north of here a little way, yeah. So We got asked to play a birthday party for <laughs> someone and uh, you know we we're just a classic country band right yeah so during the sad stuff we have fog machines you hit that set some ambiance yeah so we've already played
0: really brings them in the thick of it you know yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> so we've already played for three hours or so what is like
0: hold on i'm so sorry for interrupting but pause okay you brought a fog machine to a bunch of war vets in their legion post, that's not the issue they had. Though. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't worry. It's like <laughs> that, that yeah. is that is. Uh, but that's a good thing to think about. They just the started, They're though. like, yeah. what's going on? He's yeah. like, wait, guys, calm down, calm. But, down. Okay, no, sorry. That though. is a good go point. Go ahead. Um,
2: so <laughs> it wasn't anything nearly as logical as what you just brought <laughs> up. So we've already made it to the end of our set. We turn. <laughs> we we call it a day. We get encored. For a cover band, right? Mm-hmm. So we go out and we play a couple more songs. And during the first song of the encore, I look over and this old guy is in Mike's face. And I can tell he's not happy, but I can't hear what he's talking about. <laughs> so I'm playing my guitar. I'm about to hit the solo for Watermelon Crawl, right? And I'm Ozy over there and I'm like, hey, buddy, I need Mike to play now. <laughs> I didn't know who the guy was. Apparently it was one of the owners. Oh, no. So he does. <laughs> he backs off. He lets us play. Apparently, the issue was we were using too much fog, and apparently this little town's fire department thought they needed to come out for it,
0: which... We see smoke. (laughs) What, are they just like patrolling?
2: Which, right, which my thing is, I don't believe them that that was an issue. Of course not. Of course not. And if your town's fire department comes out for that... yeah. They probably need some higher training. Yes. So they're like, we're going to have to shut it down. Like, well, we've only got one more song anyway. But (laughs) yeah, so anyway, after that, like they were just scowling at us the whole time. They were like... We're gonna to have to get you guys out of here. Blah blah, blah blah blah. All this stuff. They were so mad about a fog <laughs> machine, and we had literally already played for three hours <laughs> using the fog machine the entire
1: set. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: they didn't really have a problem, of course.
1: I mean, it was cool looking with the lasers. Of and course, everything. it was. I mean, you know, but oh, that's, do, that's yeah. what makes it. Well, and then look... everyone
0: was having a great time. Yeah. Everyone
2: was up and dancing. Like people were, people were there for hours buying drinks. I know we made them a ton of money that oh, night. Oh gosh. And of the course. legion, the legion didn't have to pay us anything. It was a private. Yeah, it was the private party that paid us, right? So the
0: Legion just had, you know, yeah, that's awesome.
2: So then at the end of the night, Jake or Mike—I don't remember who asked—they're like, "What do we owe you for drinks?" And then the owner goes, "Nothing, just get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And we did. And we, yep, yep, we were like,
3: "All
1: right, all right. thank you. Well, yep. have a good night." Yep, and check that venue off the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have not called us back. I have. uh kind of done some research on this though and there are uh smoke detectors that detect particles yes it's 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 an it's led
0: emitter now
1: yeah so yeah dude i mean i it could have possibly set that off yep i know, uh, but
0: i i heard about those too, where the the smoke alarm now to be more accurate instead of having the old technology they just have a simple led diode mm. and a little 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 receiver and if something breaks that that beam. that beam, it sets it off. Mm-hmm. And it's so sensitive that vapor does it now.
2: But wouldn't we have heard it? Well, like it,
0: potentially it would right. have happened if they the first have like a science. Si- yes, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so like yeah. they it they, wouldn't
2: have waited three and a half
0: hours. Yes, yeah. they are sensitive because because of that beam. The second a little bit of shade crosses that. It's like, nope. I guess it could have been a off. silent alarm, but I was like, yeah, if the alarm was triggered, I feel that'd like that'd be worthless would... for a fire alarm though. Exactly. A silent, a silent fire <laughs> alarm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. It tells the, it's like, we want you to keep sleeping. So it we're just going to tell the fire department, but you yeah, we don't want to interrupt your sleep. So we're just going to tell the fire department and send them out to you. Hopefully before. Yeah. That's a good point. Oh man.
0: People. Yeah, exactly. They, they were just done. They were done. Yeah. Someone was done.
2: Uh, maybe we were probably kind of loud, but at the same time, like yeah.
0: live music's loud. Yeah, it's supposed to be yeah. loud. I will Even say that soft was a music's really
2: cool. American Legion, though, like everything was nice and hand carved. Oh, like, it yeah. was a beautiful bar. Beautiful.
0: That's kind of a turn of events. A lot of those like posts are pretty, yeah, pretty outdated, pretty dilapidated. All the funds are not going into recruitment or management mm-hmm. of the buildings. A whole thing. There was a uh, uh, bar rescue that show with John Taffer. Mm-hmm. He did a, a couple Legion posts actually. Um, it was a sad man. Yeah. It literally looked like a 1985 school cafeteria mm-hmm. on the inside with just like a couple banners, some, some, uh, military flags. And you're like, this is how you honor your, your own vets. Cause it's like, it's veteran ran. It's like, it's supposed to be. Yeah. And they, they talk with the guy and it's like, well, recruitment's down. He's like, well, what are you doing for recruiting? He's like, well, we send pamphlets every now and then, you know, mm-hmm. out in yeah. the mail. He's like, pamphlets, like pamphlets, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, if is...
2: you get vets our age, that's, that's
0: not a way to connect. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, there's, and that's the other thing. It was this huge age gap. It was like the youngest guy at the post was like 63. Whoa. And he's like, we need to get young guys in here. He's like, well, young guys don't come here. Why not? And then they observed, mm-hmm. and it was just a bunch of old men being like violently aggressive to each other, blackout drunk, right, cursing yeah. and it's like, well, you know, maybe cuz there's no one young there and yeah. it's kind of a weird environment what you guys have got going on there. That's not a not a super inviting place, but No, yeah. He ended up changing it. He re he he revamped it. They put a lot of money into recruitment, got a lot of younger guys that were fresh out of service mm-hmm. to come in and kind of have a part in the recruitment, so they were getting younger guys. And
2: well, I mean, that's how you get younger people. That's too. how you have to. Yeah. You
0: have to have a younger guy do it. It. I don't understand why uh, Why you'd let such, you know, your local, like, community, your local family of people, why, why wouldn't you take care of it? Yeah. I don't know.
2: I will say the Foxhole here in town is an American Legion that I think has been doing it the right way here recently where it's like you don't have to be a Legion member to join or oh, to, nice. to come in. Nice, like You yeah. just come in and enjoy the yep. local music and yep. they bring in a lot of really that's good That's how they need to so, do it because yeah. that's
0: how they can generate some revenue to be able to support everything. Absolutely. Yep. You have to get with modern times. You, you can't be sending out pamphlets and wondering why no one's coming in. Exactly, It's like,
2: gosh. And they do have a pretty good blend of You know, people in their late 20s and 30s, all the way up to people that are 60, 70 years old. They're in there all the time.
0: See, that's awesome. That's awesome. Let me see. uh, News. Uh, Marshall. Marshall Amplification. Marshall just re-released their their four kind of legendary pedals from the 80s i saw they, that they released the blues breaker shred master the governor and the drive master you think that
2: was on the heels i see your your maestro sticker here you think that was on the heels of the gibson maestro releases
0: for sure but it, it's also just the the uh, trend of the market people are wanting the large enclosures again oh. people are wanting the vintage <laughs> limited stuff but they can't afford it so they're like if we can recreate this, look at the market on Reverb. Our pedal from 40 years ago is selling $800. Let's do the exact same pedal, same parts. They source the same manufacturer. The only, this is very interesting actually, the only part they were not able to source originally from the original manufacturers are the pots. Wow. Every single thing, including knobs, enclosures, components they're all original source from the original series so that's impressive there's mm-hmm. no reason to be paying 800 a thousand bucks for an old Marshall Blues Breaker well first of all you're an idiot if you do that there's literally two dozen Blues Breaker clones oh, that yeah. it's it's just a circuit there's no such thing as magical diodes there's no such thing as magical components mm-hmm. it's a value mm-hmm. Mike you know this of, oh, yeah. of anybody the value is the value and there's tolerances mm-hmm. Otherwise, that's the value. Mm-hmm. You should
2: start building pedals.
0: Yeah, I actually have lots of ideas. But anyway, um, it's it's unbelievable. That's why I, I like Josh uh, Scott from JHS Pedals. Mm-hmm. He has educated those uh, brand snobs and like transistor snobs and diode snobs that just think that these magical parts and components that make your playing better. Yeah, when that's what's lacking is you are playing because mm-hmm. you can see I think we talked about it on the last podcast I talked about how John Mayer arrived at this kid's birthday party yes I was just about to that he had the, the mm-hmm. line six and the, yeah. and the squire and he sounded like John Mayer yeah he didn't tune change anything he tuned the strat a little bit started playing you're like that's John Mayer yep without a doubt that's John Mayer and it, it is yeah and it doesn't matter these magical parts, pieces, and you know components that these are limited. We we managed to get a hold of ten, only ten. New old stock. You're like, all the, yeah. you're like, listen, man. First of all, what are the what are the you know values of those parts now? Yeah, because that they were good then, and now is way, way, mm-hmm. way, way past when they were produced and yeah. manufactured.
1: Yeah. Well, so, especially a capacitor. Yeah, a real that. A build cap. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah.
2: Well, if you think it's about gone. it too, like, no one is like, man, I really need to buy an old projector screen TV because yeah, they're you so do good. Exactly. You know, it's like, yeah, it's really cool to have the original whatever. Yeah. But to me, like, especially with the electronic portions, like, vintage is cool. Yep. But you're going to have to start replacing a pain stuff. In and the it's going butt. to get replaced with new stuff. You're and not going to replace the vintage yep. stuff. I do get, like, I've got a vintage acoustic guitar. But the wood... That's that, totally different. Right. Wood ages.
0: Exactly. <clears throat> wood ages and changes. It right. warms up over time. Yeah. It does. The only I, way that my... great.
2: The only way... And I've got a great amp. I've got a nice deluxe reverb that I play through. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that's going to change later is that I'm going to have to replace those with new parts.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And we think about, oh, man, like Jimi Hendrix, he played with new guitars. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. playing with vintage
0: guitars. And my playing I, with brand new guitars. He was playing with CBS Strats, too. Right might I say, which there is yes. two, three million people that would tell you pre-CBS are the only good fenders. Oh, yeah. No. Jim, Jimmy sucked. Jimmy Hendrix was so bad that he couldn't possibly make a CBS oh, fender yeah. sound oh, good. Right. It's like, you've mm. got to be kidding. When yeah. when are you going to wake up and realize that like we've all been duped? We've all been duped. That's why I've i've really just educated myself in the last five to eight years on all of that all things gear all things gear from speakers to pickups to little components and i've i've learned i just prefer the higher price stuff for features and durability yeah and the ability for like warranty and repair yeah cheap stuff can't be repaired often and they don't warranty it expensive stuff Tends to be easily repairable or replaceable. I Mm -hmm.
2: did just see, I can't remember who the guitarist is or what band he's with, but they're on like a legit world tour, 113 dates. Mm -hmm. He's playing a Harley Benton strat copy. Yeah.
0: 40 bucks. Yeah.
2: And he makes more off one gig than I, you know, than I'll make and. For that's, almost a year.
0: That's like, uh, that's exactly why Steve Vai played the pedals he did for so long. It's because he he wanted to be able. it's well, so why he played a metal zone mm-hmm. for so long. Is because he wanted to be able to, no matter where he was on tour, go into a store and get his tone exactly. Because he would be screwed if he couldn't. Because he required a uh, his two rock, and his PRS and his analog man and like. Mm-hmm. The Analog Man, King. Of T- that's a blues breaker. We just talked yeah. about there's a two dozen blues breakers, three dozen blues breaker clones, and original as well as a re-released original. Well, those are
2: just the ones that admit that they're clones. Yeah,
0: so it's the circuit, and the circuit is the same. The circuit's the same. The values are so close to the same, if not the same, that they are the same. Yeah. So ultimately, you we need to be more like Steve Vai. <laughs> Recognize yeah. the sounds and tone you like recognize how to get those and you'll be able to find them in any amp you plug into any amp you can find there is a sliver of good tone in every amp oh absolutely every well i guess there might be one there'll be one yeah like the yes there there is at least one sound on every amp that is playable you know
2: i was telling mike the other day you know for honky tonk dream i kind of split lead guitar duties and I might have the smallest pedal board for a lead guitar player ever. I've got a compressor. Mm-hmm. I've got a transparent overdrive, reverb, slap delay, and a boost.
0: That's This is my current yeah. gig board zero zero, and I'm lead technically. Fuzz, yeah. I don't use the Wah for that band. That's right. for fun. Yeah. I use Fuzz, my Jackson Audio Asabi, into... Boss Space Echo RE202 into the Universal Audio Golden Reverb. Yeah, That's all you need. You need...
1: What's the Jackson?
0: Um, this, both sides. Left side is distortion circuits. Right side is overdrive. It You can pick and choose your clipping. So you can choose symmetrical or asymmetrical um, and a few different choices on each side. So on the overdrive side, right now I have it basically running like a modified tube screamer where it's not as mid humped um and on the left side i've got kind of a almost a a lower gain rat so they're kind of i can stack them i can run them individually but basically i always run the right side always on almost always mm-hmm. and sometimes i'll boost it with the analog man sunface, um and that having the, the overdrive after obviously allows me to tone shape and EQ it so it's not so trebly or not so whatever. I yep. can adjust volume and do all that through it. Um but I'll tell you that boss RE202, the new version of their old, mm-hmm. again, you know, the holy grail, it's like two to four thousand dollar space echo that has nothing but problems and they're expensive as crap to maintain, expensive to keep. They sound so good though. And this thing does every single thing that those original units do but consistently and repeatable Mm -hmm. which is incredible yeah it's absolutely incredible i've loved that thing it's been so much fun to play with
2: i feel like mike you can tell me i'm wrong or whatever but the availability of the parts and the knowledge of being able to build these pedals now is just so much more available than it was then so now you can create the same thing for cheaper oh yeah
0: and smaller yeah.
2: It, well, yeah. <laughs> so a good example is my overdrive that I use is the mm-hmm. MXR Timmy. Yeah. But you can get the Paul Cochran yeah. original for Timmy a lot more. for three, 400 bucks. Yeah. I paid 80 bucks for that overdrive that Same I use circuit. constantly. And it's just a mini pedal.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, that was a collaboration. Yes. With Paul Cochran and MXR. Mm-hmm. I've, just I've like,
2: heard those side by side mm-hmm. in real life. And, yes. Man. Well, I mean, you've the tone I get out of mine. Like it's, yeah, it's a great overdrive yep. pedal for less than a hundred bucks.
0: Yep, that's uh, it's the circuit. It's not the magical parts. Um,
2: I also practice a lot, so that that <laughs> yep, that's that's how it difference. works. That's how it
0: works.
1: Yeah. It's in inter- that that the whole gear market is is so interesting. It's kind of discouraging, honestly, to yeah. some point. Um, uh, Premier Guitar will call me every couple times a year, mm-hmm. and I've submitted the B thirty five. know, which uh, oh my gosh, I'm so blank. Who's the guy who does the rig rundowns? My gosh, I'm in, almost embarrassed. There on. are a few of them. The gray. The, uh, John. Tall, uh, John. Tall.
3: Okay. John. Okay.
0: With the gray hair that yeah. kind of swoops over.
1: Uh, I like him. Played it. Uh, liked it. Talked with the premier guitar owner mm-hmm. and, uh, in person. And they just never, they didn't want that because by the time it rolled, they want new products. Yeah. It, yeah, has new. it has to be. It has So they'll new, call, basically. I mean, they'll call me and, um, uh, they're like, man, do you have anything? And I'm like, well, I have this amp that is my baby, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's the amp that I build. You and know? it's
0: now tried and true. It, it's now been it's tested. very
1: tried and true. By and, many people. Uh They don't want it because it's not the n- new model. Yeah. So I'm like, so I can put a toggle switch on the front of Brand it. Brand new model, yeah, V2. Air, <laughs> air, or, you know what I mean? Or <laughs> yeah. make some yeah. weird word you know
0: and now you understand the market and because that's all they do it, it, it might not even channel be one <laughs> channel two and anything, it just like you know yeah
1: but I, yeah. if i even flipped it i might be like oh yeah that sounds you, you know should what i mean put, <laughs> that weird? you should put yeah. a placebo
0: switch on one placebo literally call switch. it like like the more better switch and it it's not wired to anything, anything. it's literally just a switch you, yeah. you click it and people are like what does that do until changes, someone opens changes up the chassis? Well, if
2: that's the Blues Junior, it's got, like, what, the bright switch on it or whatever? Yeah, fat, uh, yeah, fat, yeah, yeah.
0: fat, switch, yep.
1: It's hard. Yep. It's, uh, you know, it is what it is, you know. But to stay on top of that.
0: That's the reality of it. Would it
1: would be very tough. Yep. I mean, you're, you're going to have to pump out new product or every year or two. Or
0: like just that. stay small. And just yeah, yeah, pull like a Doctor Z. You just have a few models, and that's just what you do. Yeah, and it's kind yeah, of like you
2: just get Brad P- Paisley playing one. Yeah,
0: <laughs> on. yeah.
1: I don't, I don't know if that would even at time. I, yeah, I don't know, sure. you know, because I've seen people nowadays. Playing I don't think so. Boutique stuff, and I'm yeah. like, well, man, their company's super
2: small. It's yeah. small, and they've been playing it for a while. Well, yeah, you get. Yeah. What Tyler Amps is another good example. Car of, like,
0: amps, Tyler Amps. Yeah, there's there there are Morgan's lots not of small but pretty small. solid amps that are. Exactly what people are looking for, but they don't know it because they go to their standard thinking that, well, I'll try this this Fender amp. Well, this Fender. Little they know the circuits are so similar. It's like Fender amps sound like Fender Mm -hmm. amps. You know, you you have to start. I guess understanding more of what the circuits and speakers are with the amps attached and that's that's just so nerdy and so in depth for so m- so many people that they're like I don't want to do that. Yeah. Just yeah. tell me what's good. Is this amp the best? Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. the best. People are like cool. Who well, p- who well, plays well, this that's amp?
2: The deal. Yeah, you follow you you know you get the NAM shows <laughs> highest picks every year and a lot of them are just the latest iteration of the Fender Blues whatever. Yeah. Uh the toe, you know which which the, a lot of it yeah. is how I ended up with my Deluxe Reverb <laughs> was I love Fender guitars. Mhm. And I heard somebody playing a deluxe reverb and I was like, man, that sounds great. And then I loved the tweed look. Yeah.
0: I'm a sucker for tweeds. Yeah.
2: And so then I found one and Yeah. Is it? Yeah. And it like, sound it does sound good, but it, I mean, it doesn't and now it's a very
0: like, sterile, dry amp. Yeah. yeah it it, it it needs you to color and flavor it. Exactly. That's that's yep. the biggest thing. People don't understand how Fenders work. Tweeds are a little different. They have their own flavor, and they got right. that that growl that's almost fizzy. It's it's kind of like it sits between, in my eyes, a Tweed Fender kind of sits between a Blackface Fender and like a Vox, where it's yeah. it almost it's like it's bassy. Mm-hmm. It's got that high end fizzy. It has the ability to get that high end fizz, but. The low end on the Fender Tweeds is why I, I love them they're so great. much. Yeah. They're they're so good with that.
2: You also get a lot of people that don't know how to EQ anything, no. so they're like, "Oh man, a very true, uh, a Telecaster's bridge is just too ice picky for me. Like turn down the treble."
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you use know your, you use have your tone knob. You have a guitar yeah. volume as well as. Amp controls too yeah. to yeah, modify and change those tones. Well, and it's the it's same crazy. thing with
2: pedals too. People are like, oh, I plug this one right in and it didn't sound good. It's yeah. like, okay, what did you put it in front of or behind? Did you do any yeah. control work? And on at it? what
0: volume? Yeah, that's a big thing because you know how many pedals don't sound good until you have them cranked. For same instance, amps. BK Butler, the Tube Driver, legendary pedal from David gilmore to Eric Johnson. Tons of people use the BK Butler tube drive, right? And it has a little 12AX7. Um, Eric Johnson switched it out for a 12AU7 just to make it a little smoother, a little less gain, Mm. um, a little quieter too. He preferred the Mullards, but they stopped producing them. He had to get the old ones. The old ones were so inconsistent, so he ditched the pedal because that 12AU7 Mullard was the only version that he could run in that pedal and make it sound good, and it had to be cranked. His amps had to be like stadium volume for that pedal to sound good. I know because I bought two of them. The five knob version with the bias knob on the back, the one to get. I bought them both, tried them through every amp. They sound good, but the second you want a little bit more gain than just cleaner sounds, which that pedal's not for clean, it's just wool. You can't get the wool off of it. And then the second you get the EQ adjusted right, it's too trebly. There's no sweet spot until you're at volume yeah. and then it opens up and then it's like, it starts pushing the harmonics in your amps. That's like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It brings out stuff that you've never heard before. You can hold a note. It adds that octave up and you're like, Whoa, Yeah, it's compressing it. And it's, it's, but again, you would never be able to run that pedal in the gigs I play Mm-hmm. and I can't play them here, it just it didn't work. It just didn't work.
2: A lot of people think that amps sound different than they really do as well because if you're playing it at the store, you're going to have it at, what, two or three, so you're not yeah. causing everybody a bunch of yeah. issues. And Then you get it at a gig, and you have to put it up to six, and all of a sudden, you can't get a real... If you're playing that Blues Junior... All of a sudden, you can't get that clean tone that you had in the store because yeah, your, your head just a gone. breakup. Yeah. yeah, you're only going to get some sort of distortion out of it. So, yeah, yeah,
0: that like luckily, you know, obviously for, for my uses, I have to have a master volume knob on small right. amps, yeah. small amps. You have to, you you have to, you need to be able to just ram that preamp and overdrive it, or just keep it clean, um, especially for for running pedals and stuff and gain. If I put this. <laughs> This NKT red dot analog man into this, and I already had the preamp it would almost blow up yeah. and it'd be, it'd be just it'd be so much gain it'd be so much but at the same time that's fun mm-hmm. a dying speaker that's about to blow up mm-hmm. oh gosh Earthquaker devices has that pedal, the uh, speaker cranker it's a oh, single no, no. knob, it's just a big knob. It's literally just like basically a preamp boost, and they had to change the pedal years ago because it was blowing speakers it was blowing up people's amps because it was boosting it way 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 too much Damn. they had something in the pedal where it just it was it was too much it was too much and guys would crank that thing up and then they'd turn up their amp at volume and for a gig and they and they'd hear their speaker just crack like what what happened like what happened but i also learned fender amps especially like black faces more so than, than tweeds. I don't like their sound until about volume six and a half, six, six and a half. That's where like a deluxe reverb starts Mm -hmm. opening up. Cause that's, that should be depending on your pickups, but single coils, I assume, right? That's about the point like on a deluxe reverb, about that six, six and a half where if you dig in, it breaks up.
2: Yep, exactly.
0: And that's the magic spot. You are not cranking up a deluxe reverb 2x12 or 4x10, whatever, in your home or apartment no. to volume 6, 6.5. You shouldn't be. <laughs> that would be, unless no one's home, you know, oh, and no yeah, one's right. around. That would just be devastating. That'd be so bad. Those things are so loud. Like the old Fender Twins. Yeah.
1: <laughs> monsters.
0: Yeah. Heavy monsters that are just so loud. Oh man! All right. Well, uh, let me see. Let's go into uh, some outdoor stuff. Let's go into yeah. some fly fishing and stuff. I know we talked a little about fishing earlier, but let's kind of get into that. I know you said you uh, tie your own flies and stuff. I do. Um, I haven't started down that yet, but I got into fly fishing a couple years ago because I obviously fished my whole life, and um, that was just one aspect I've always wanted to do. Was that or like? one of the big 10 rods, like the oh, 12 yeah, foot yeah. ones. I wanted to just mess around with those one day, like no reel, just a string on the mm-hmm. end. Um, but I was like, fly fishing will be a lot, a lot more fun. And I was right. It's awesome. It is. Um, it's super relaxing, therapeutic, um, very challenging. But one thing I found very interesting that I didn't expect to learn that now it makes all sorts of sense. It's like when you're going fly fishing, um, It's obviously important to know what to throw and when and at what depth of the water column. Yes. That's obviously crucial to fly fishing. Mm -hmm. And certain times of year, what the fish eat are going to be at different depths. Yeah. And you have to match that and match the bugs in their area and stuff. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was super awesome. And it got me into the habit of now observing before fishing in my areas and seeing what's around me seeing what bugs are there, what terrestrial, what you know, on the surface, what adult versus larva stage. And man, you get like a science lesson. It's great. It's it's like a lesson in biology. Yeah. Yeah. It's I've got super a really awesome
2: interesting book called The Bug Book, and it's all written by a fly tire who uh was just like people need to learn more about the actual bugs they're trying to imitate. Yeah. I mean you can still have a lot of really good fishing trips without knowing the intricacies of it.
0: Just letting it float. Yeah, Yeah. sure.
2: Sure. Or, you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm fishing over at Taney Como. There's always scuds in the water. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to toss some scuds Mm -hmm. and you'll have a great time. Nine times out of 10. Yeah. But then you go some places like crane Creek or something where it's wild trout who are working different depths of the water column, different times of year, you know, um, where is that? Crane Creek. In Crane, Missouri. Oh. Yep. Just south of Springfield, a little ways. I don't think I fish there. Me neither. Yeah. uh, Some of the local purists might get mad at me for talking about it, but I've already had an essay on Crane published by two different (laughs) publications, so they can be mad at me all they want. Yeah, it's not their spot. It's fine. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, it's been featured on ESPN and everything, and it's still, like, it's so difficult to catch a fish there (laughs) Mm -hmm. that people can flood it. And then they're not going to catch a fish and they're never going to come back because yeah. you show up, yeah. it's a small creek, like at its widest, you might get it about the width of this apartment. Man, so, it's like
0: 15, 20 feet tops, if that.
2: Yeah, yeah. You can get some spots right around 15, 20 feet. And so then you get trees are overhanging, right? So if you get a back. cast. It's all cast, like sidearm stuff. Yeah, it can be. Or um, you have to learn how to cast left-handed or you need yeah. to learn how to face the opposite direction and then you're using your back cast as your landing spot yeah so you lose flies no matter how good you are you're losing flies yeah
0: that's frustrating
2: you know um, that's that's just part
0: of fishing though
2: and those fish <laughs> you yeah, always lose stuff absolutely and those fish are so spooky too that they get scared of your shadow right yeah, yeah. so it's just hard to fish there man mm-hmm. because they're so wary they are very keyed in. they know what's in that water so, if you try to throw something that's not a normal part of their yeah, diet, they're not going it. for it. Yeah, they're
0: like, I, I know that's not food. Exactly.
2: You can sit there and see a big trout at the bottom of a hole, and you can throw a dozen different flies at it, yeah. and it's just going to move out of the way if it has to, but it's not going for it. So, like catching fish there is just so rewarding. But so, yeah, whenever you go fish someplace like that, learning about bugs, what they are. Is super important you know i know that i've got a box of flies that if i'm going to crane i make sure i always have a handful of specific flies for crane yeah because at any given time of the year this is probably what i'm going to catch fish with yeah so yeah. like tanny como i'll go there with san juan worms and scuds maybe a couple of eggs
0: and san juans are always like they're, oh, they're yeah. always a killer absolutely they're always they're
2: great killer. flies <clears throat> under a float I use dry flies as a float. I yeah. don't really use a lot of yeah. um, strike indicators or I never or
0: use floats or strike it in- because for me, I get tangled up more. Yeah. I can't keep my it's line really straight yeah. and I can't keep my fly moving like naturally mm-hmm. if I have a float or something they on it. You do
2: catch drifts real bad. Yeah. I
0: snag more, but yeah. it's it that's you know, that's just me learning. I guess I, I I have to go through that process.
2: Yeah. The other cool thing about having the the dry fly as your indicator is you catch fish on it too. Yeah, and yeah. it's so yeah. cool to watch them come yeah. up. You know, it's kind of fun to watch them come up and just kind of gently sip it off the surface. But every now and, yeah, and then, like, like <laughs> during yeah, it just disappears. Every now and then, like during hopper season in the summer, mm-hmm. they'll just come up and you hear this big like <sharp>
0: they're just coming up and destroying that hop. There was uh at. At the uh, Trout Park up north. Um, Bennett Springs? Yes. Inside of the shop, there is. Uh, they sell those ultra-realistic flies mm-hmm. that are side-by-side, like in the little plastic case. They're like separate. They're like three to five bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. They're not They're That's not cheap. That's
1: what Casey
2: ties. Yeah.
0: His and
1: flies look absolutely
2: gorgeous. I've been doing it for a long time. Obviously. So whenever I learned how to fly fish, I was like 11, 12 years old and i showed up my mom knew to take me to lake taney como Mm -hmm. to catch trout down to the hatchery but i didn't know what i was doing so i just showed up with the rod like the small rod with the pre-packaged like tackle box thing and was watching the water was up that day because we didn't know to check generation schedules yeah (laughs) so the water was up there were a few people in there catching fish and there was this old guy kind of watching me and um he came up and he's like hey so you're trying to kind of fish. Do you want some help? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. So then he like <laughs> yes. hands me his fly rod, gets me situated and all of a sudden I'm catching fish. And and if anyone's been around Taney Como, they've probably heard of Robert Duffy and that's who it was. He's like a legend down there. Uh, he passed away a few years ago, but yeah, he kind of got me after he saw that I was like interested and decent enough to catch some fish. He started, he's like, well, whenever you guys are comfortable, come over. I've got a fly tying set up and I'll teach you how to do it nice and so then within like a couple of weeks of me fly fishing I was over learning how to tie up scuds and San Juans and stuff like that to take down there and then it never even dawned on me to buy flies ever because I that was just I learned that at the same time make your
0: own out of just stuff that you got
2: yeah absolutely Uh, and I learned how really like not difficult some of those patterns can be like you can tie a scud in 60 seconds or less if you just do it the easy way, you know, slapping thread on, yeah, you know, you can make it as intricate taking five, seven minutes, whatever. It's all about how difficult and realistic you want to make it. The fun thing is they're all going to catch fish. Absolutely. So like people get so into the number of legs on a fly. It's like, do you think fish can count? Yeah, no joke. They're like
0: that one's got six that should have eight. I'm moving on. Yeah. I'm only looking for <laughs> yeah,
2: arachnids today yeah, and that's only got six legs. So yeah. it's an insect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's actually, um, why I was staring at those ultra realistic flies because I had seen like terrible crappy flies, you know, like Walmart, right? Like, like yeah. the stock flies. And I, I go to plateau, uh, yeah. fly shop yeah. here in town. I bought their, a lot of their flies and they're nice. And a lot of them are hand tied and, those ones at the Trout Park, I was like, man, these are, they're they're ultra realistic. Like, yeah,
2: these like manufactured bodies and stuff to actually yeah, look that, like an that's insect. It. Yeah, yeah,
0: like they actually buy the manufactured legs mm-hmm. and they put the legs. They buy manufactured antennas and they wrap those on, and they bought the manufactured wings. Mm-hmm. And I had like a daub fly, and that thing, it was sixty seconds on the water and it just got yeah. sucked on. It. I was like, whoa. But it wasn't like the ultra realistic. It was just, it was a big bug with wings mm-hmm. and I threw it right on a shade spot by mm-hmm. the bank and it was mm-hmm. right on top of a trout and he yep. just gulped it right up. Yep. But that, g- that goes back into the like blues breaker thing that we talked about. It's like all the flies can catch fish. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be ultra realistic at all. They don't oh, have to yeah. be realistic at all. A matter no. of fact, the guys tested like trout are a little smarter, but like bass, He caught a bass on a block of of wood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just a rectangular block of wood. Yes. And if you get in their space. They're just a reaction by a lot of the time.
2: That's why a lot of bass baits are loud. Yes. It just makes noise.
0: Shiny, catches their attention. They go over to it. They bite it real quick. But where you run into problems is when they sit and they watch and they observe. Mm -hmm. Like the movement of the bait and the color and all that. It's like if you get fish like that, they're they're a little smarter and trout seem to do that
2: trout are definitely they have their moments where they're just like stacking up and they're hungry and dumb yeah but yeah they also have those times where if you don't get it within an inch of the right section of the water column they're just going to ignore you all day long yeah and that's what i tell people a lot of times like man i tried to fish a pheasant tail like you told me like okay well what depth did you fish it at Like what
0: yeah okay i'll so just you need bounce to it right out, off the surface wow yeah yeah you need to
2: figure <laughs> out the depth, and then my thing before I ever change flies, I change the depth of their fished at, yeah. And most yeah. of the time, that's the ticket. You don't have to sit there and change flies. Or the thing is, like maybe you have it attached to your, your dry fly and it's at 24 inches, and then on your third fly, you're starting to catch fish. Like, well, you've taken that from 24 yeah. inches to 18 yeah. inches, yep. So maybe that's the section they were yep, keyed in the on the entire
0: time. The fish weren't quite as low in the in the column. Exactly. And, you know, just just to like explain what what we mean by the water column, obviously like a side view shot, you know, if you're looking at like a fish tank, the bottom of the tank would be obviously the bottom of the of the water column. Towards the surface is the top. And at different times of year you're talking about different bugs and insects that lay lay eggs and larva and they hatch and they're oftentimes like at the bottom. And they they they'll move through the column as they grow or they they'll move to certain depths as they grow up. And then eventually a a lot of adults are kind of on the surface. And isn't that right around fall, fall time when it
2: depends on the type of uh, type of fly? Yeah, exactly. So they can hatch all through the year. um, Even. You know, like a caddis, man, you can find caddis hatches all, all over depending yeah. on the time of year. You know, they're going to hatch at different times in Colorado than they are here, or sometimes it'll be at the same time. Um, but, you know, the weather fluctuates, and they kind of base their stuff off of the weather as well. I mm. so, guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you get a warmer day, and you walk out, and it's February, and you get it, one of those 60-degree days, and you're down by the river, you might notice a bunch of gnats swirling. Yeah. Yeah. But the next day, it's 40 degrees, and they're gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: I got one of the nets that you, to catch the bugs. Oh, whatever, yeah, yeah. You know? Man, that was, oh, yeah. I was like, what in the world, man? It's like what you was talking yeah. about having a biology lesson. You have mm-hmm. no idea what's fucking yeah, in that crazy, river, man. Yeah. Have a you ever life- caught a
0: Hellgramite in person?
1: No, I don't,
2: I don't wish I know what They is. look like little centipedes almost. And the and adult version's pinchers. even scarier.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah.
2: Because they're crazy.
0: They, yeah, it's like a centipede with big old mouth parts. Mm. And when they grow up, they still have huge mouth parts but big wings and a long body. Yeah. And I was fishing by James river and I looked to the rock beside me and there was an adult like almost five inches long. So I grabbed my forceps cause I was like, I don't want this bad boy biting oh, okay. me. That's so I grabbed my forceps and pinch behind its wings and I put him on a hook. The second he hit the water fish ate him. Because he just vibrates, made so much noise and in motion. Mm-hmm. The second he hit a fish, was like, oh, let me eat him." It yep. was it was incredible.
2: And what's cool is there were there are years where I remember you guys probably remember as well. The James River was like, "Hey, maybe you don't eat fish out of the James yeah, River, you don't swim in the James River." Bad. And then now the James River, and thanks a lot to the James River Basin Partnership, dude. They've done so much for bringing attention to the James and cleaning it up and stuff. Yeah, it was. Bad. But now you're seeing helgramites, which are a key indicator of good water quality. So if you find Helgramites, you know that you're in a clean river.
0: I also found a lot more, not a lot more, but I'm starting, I started to see the actual presence of parasites in the fish too, which also indicates Mm, a really good healthy ecosystem. Like I have a secret river near the Pleasant Hope area uh, that I go to for smallmouth, And it is like cheating. It's, it's, It's like cheating. At a certain time of year, you Mm -hmm. go out there. The water is mostly 8 to 10 inches deep, but there are pockets of like 2 feet, and it's just all rocks, large rocks. So you get smallmouth bass there that act like sharks because they can't go deep, so they go up, and they go on the surface, and they start acting like sharks and dolphins when you catch them. But that, that place out there, man, is absolutely just so much fun i haven't fly fished out there yet oh man i mean that um, would be insane it would be nuts i've honestly worried that i wouldn't be able to uh bring in some of them because i i caught like a five and a half pound largemouth wow. out there mm-hmm. side by side a three and a half pound smallmouth, like back to back casts and it's like water that it's fast moving there's little pockets where it's stagnant and little deep holes But the deep's only like 3 feet at it's right. most yeah. And this river is Crazy It's crazy It's been so much fun But that's that's the river where I think I'm going to go and try and uh, Try and fly fish next you definitely should, It is yeah. wide enough It's like 30-40 feet wide The yep. whole way down You got plenty of room No overhanging trees
2: yeah. You can definitely still fish in the narrower water You just need to learn how to like roll cast and stuff Yeah
0: I'm not great at roll casting Where they kind of like flip flip the line back let it float and let it flip out
2: you know try to trying to describe it verbally as well instead of taking your arm and actually like rolling yeah because that's what a lot of people do and then they're mad because their line gets tangled on itself all you're really doing is bringing it right to your shoulder letting the water give it some tension and you're just flicking it straight back out in front of you just like you would the front part of a cast yeah and that's whenever you'll get that good roll
0: because growing
2: up i tried to do that too where you pull it up and then you try to bring your arm over the top and try to get it to roll. And that line and then it just never catches itself. <laughs> yeah.
0: I like learned how to cast by holding a book under my arm. Yep. I've heard just, a lot of people do that. And yeah. I just, I put my, my motion limits. I was like, okay, here's all I'm going. And here's all I'm going. And I just get the timing and rhythm. And I was like, Oh, look at this. Mm-hmm. I was like, look at this, huh? So what, this yeah. is just,
2: And then once you can do it that way, then you can start being like, all right, I know there's a fish under that tree, but it's low hanging. So then you can take it and do a sidearm where you're literally just running parallel with the water Mm -hmm. and it's the same movement. But then now you can cast that fly underneath the tree. Yeah. so, yeah.
0: See, I've been, um, I've been such a sucker for micro fishing for so long too. So like I'll get ultra light stuff like two and four pound mono. Put it on a super light spinning rod and go catch like a couple pound bass. Yeah, on it. It's been it's, so much fun. You can, yeah, you can. So you can much catch fun.
2: those five six pounders on fly rods all day long. Yeah. people take people me to catch tarpon. Yep, which is like nuts. you'll be fine. Yeah, it's just all about how you fight the fish.
0: I couldn't imagine trying to fight a tarpon. Yeah, <laughs> on a fly the, the, rod. Well, no, that, on the, the Ozarks, on is going woods. to
2: pick up, you know, those freaking twenty pound carp that are cruising yeah. around you know people or do sturgeon. that all the time yeah
0: i i was uh south of town at springfield lake under that dam and it was not snagging season i'll just say this and i'm out there fishing and i see this guy using a crankbait yeah. snagging I'm not and surprised. i was like i don't talk to people and i'm not gonna tell you to stop breaking the law unless someone's getting hurt Mm-hmm. Or like someone's potentially right. going yeah. to get hurt. It's none of my business. I'm going to let you deal with it. However, mm-hmm. I see this guy's rod. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Dad, it. Maybe he just doesn't know. I'm 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 gonna treat him like he doesn't know that it's not season. There
2: are a lot of people that don't understand yes. regulations yes. as well.
0: And so he's like, hey, man, would you help me? And I'm like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. So I put down my rod, start running over to him. He's like, I got a hold of something. I'm like, yeah, you, you snagged a sturgeon. He's like, seriously? Like, yeah, man, this is the area for sturgeon. I was like, it's not snagging season now, so you you can't bank this fish. You're going to need to let him go immediately. Mm-hmm. You, and you can't be using that technique anymore. You need to change your baits. You need to put on something else. Yeah, yeah. You can't be throwing and dragging. You mean to tell me you didn't know? Your sturgeon, and you're yeah. snagging, dude. I see your technique. I see what you're doing. No one fishes a crankbait like that. No one.
2: He's just trying to utilize the most treble yes, hooks. Exactly.
0: Yeah. He threw it all the way by the bank, and oh, I got a fish. That thing was like four and a half feet long, man. Oh, I'm sure. It was a hundred pounds. Is it was like hundred pounds. It was a shark. In front of me, big old paddle nose. I'm sitting here like, beautiful fish, man. Just be really careful with it. He's like, yeah, would you take a picture with it? I'm like, you don't want video evidence of this. You need to go ahead and just release yeah. it. Do those like, paddle fish. What do you cool, mean? And he's like, you're going to get a conservation agent yeah. at your door because they check Facebook. My cousin just posted a picture of two, two pictures of a mountain lion in Dallas County on his uh, trail cam He posted on Facebook Two days ago Conservation agent Showed up today To I, verify And check his camera
2: I had a buddy Who did GoPro <laughs> footage Of him um, Spearfishing And yeah. he posted video Of spearfishing A largemouth. And he had a conservation agent Come and knock on his door A couple yeah. days later as well Spearfishing
0: a game fish Like that or mm-hmm. a, whew, Highly illegal Can't be doing that Shouldn't be doing that yep. Bass are not to be speared There's plenty yeah. of other they'll, fish they'll pay, They pay
2: attention To that stuff Absolutely
0: though, they do And they should, Mm, it's our responsibility to not destroy everything and ruin it for everyone else. You know what I'm saying? I, I get so frustrated even when I see people catching, they catch big old gar and they leave the gar out on the bank Yeah, and they go walk away. I'm like, listen, man, stop fishing.
2: That's why bow fishing doesn't quite do it for me is like they go and they harpoon a bunch of carp and then just leave them on yeah. the bank. And it's like, like, dude, yeah. you could
0: smoke that carp. You know yeah. that, right? You could smoke all that, pull the bones out it very easily at that point, And you have all this delicious smoked white fish and it's really good. There's no fish that's bad when you smoke it. There isn't. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. I've had so many people tell yeah. me, I'm like, you don't know who you're talking to here. I was a chef, and you're gonna, and I'm an avid outdoorsman, hunter, and fisherman. You're gonna tell me that fish tastes bad? Like I've had fish that you guys say is bad, and it's not. Well, it's mm, like
2: people that think all. deer, like oh deer, I I can't eat deer. It's so gamey. It's like no, you just haven't had it prepared right.
0: Someone doesn't like deer, man. I'm 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 not talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's straight up ridiculous. If you don't like meat, and like, I understand vegetarians. I understand vegan. I don't agree with you. I understand if you feel bad because you don't want to be a part of the slaughter of you know monocrop agriculture and mono animals in mass amounts i get it neither yeah. do i that's why i hunt and fish and that's why i buy from places like Horman meats local yes. butchers where i know where my meat's coming from and i know it's a happy little cow right next to a happy little mm-hmm. tree yeah you know i mean yep. and it's not a big deal but if you've ever eaten meat and you've never even done so much as taken and killed a fish. You got blood on your hands and you should probably go in and, and take care of it yeah. and do your part at least one time. Every human that's capable, that has sound mind and responsibility, they need to do their part. And at least it sounds morbid, but you need to kill an animal justify in like, the mm-hmm. correct way for food, not just for for, any other means for sport, but I'm, to go through life and eat meat your whole life and never have a part of the system is wrong to me. I'm not going to judge you for it, but if you ask me, I'm going to say that's wrong, and I would much rather you be at least one time be a part of that process because it's extremely important, it's vital, it's necessary, and it's unavoidable. We use eat and kill meat and meat grows on bones meat and bones are found in animals right that's just part of it and it's up to us to to sustainably and humanely and swiftly give the best ending for that animal possible yeah a hundred times better than any natural death would ever happen for them in the wild
2: well and especially if you're somebody that's concerned about antibiotics and what animals eating or whatever If you go out into the woods and you find an animal, you know exactly what its diet is. And if you don't understand what's being eaten in that area, you can look at its stomach.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's the number one thing that I do for all fish. Fish, I'm always curious as to what the fish are Well, that's are a good way to too. learn
2: how to catch fish as well. Yep. Like, what was this fish eating? Oh, yep. there's a bunch of crawdads in here. Yep, cool. Yep, a, fish a a
0: belly full out. of crawdads. You throw a crawdad out and instead of a fish-shaped something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess the issue that I have with uh you know is with the whole like what's correct and what's not you know what is right and what's wrong the way some people feel about something like a diet um and by by putting your own thoughts and feelings I guess feelings not thoughts but your own feelings on this issue you've made yourself non-objective and so biased that you you can't even start to have an honest conversation with the other side. And that's a lot of what I, I struggle with when I talk to people. Cause I'm mostly carnivore. Mostly I still eat other things, but it's mostly meat. And there's a lot of people that have a problem with that. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people that would call me a monster or a murderer and all this. and like, first of all, murder is a defined term. You murder a human. You don't murder an animal. You kill an animal. We're already starting off Wrong. And this is the problem. If you can't understand that, like even something as simple and unrelated as murder and kill, we're already off to a really, really bad start of misunderstanding each other.
2: Well, a lot of it too is emotional reaction. That's so using most of those it. emotionally charged yes. terms yes. causes that that because I'm like, "Whoa, you murdered that fish!" Like, "Whoa, yeah. you're yeah. you're still gonna, even though you <laughs> what know, did I do? <laughs> even
0: though you know you
2: didn't, there's still that reaction to that yeah. word." Yeah. And so that gets people thinking in a different way, like you said, right off the bat.
0: Yeah, and now you're forced to defend yourself from a point that you shouldn't be defending yourself, and at a time you shouldn't. You just started the conversation. Right. You didn't do anything wrong, but now you're pinned, and you're called names, and now you have to defend yourself from this indefensible thing. Right. How are you supposed to defend yourself against murder, that defined term? It's not self-defense. You're not, you know, I had to kill somebody. No, murder. It's like, dude, that... Clearly you're an overemotional wreck. <laughs> like yeah. you're a nightmare if you can't, you know, understand that there's a big difference and you need to disconnect that level of emotion with that process. But there is an important level of emotion, and that's why I said everyone needs to be part of the process. It's one thing to like shoot a squirrel, and we've talked about it here before. You still feel bad. Yeah. And it's still sad. But it's small. And it's not big. It's not human sized or anything. So like you get over it really quick within a few minutes. You're like, thank right. you. Thank you so much. I was successful. The squirrel's dead. It didn't suffer. And now I have some food. Yep. Great. When you kill a deer though, it's wonderful feeling, but it's so controversial and so conflicting. It is very emotional. It's extremely emotional. And you are made to feel that. Yeah. And It is important. If you, that you don't feel that,
2: feel that yeah. That's,
0: that's a good emotional test. Yeah. That's, that's a good psychopath test. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you can kill a large game like that for sustenance and feel nothing, I'm telling you, man, there's something magical. You're sitting here in the woods for two, three, four hours, nothing. You hear birds, squirrels, and all that. And all of a sudden you look over and you see a deer appear. You're like, oh. and you watch it exist in its own world, in its own home. And it's just like observing, it's looking, it's smelling, it's eating some stuff. It hears a squirrel, so it looks over, just like you do. It's existing, and then you have to then make the decision that the really hard decision: I'm going to kill this thing that's peacefully just enjoying life. That right. is so conflicting. It is, yeah. but you understand the outcome. You also understand that if this deer were to grow old, it would be very bad on the deer, because it would lose its teeth, they'd rot out, it wouldn't eat, and that's best case scenario, it would starve to death. Best case scenario, it can't eat and it starves to death. Worst case is what you and I both, we all know, they get ripped apart by predators, alive. To be walking around and then to go, and you're out, that's a blessing. Mm -hmm. And that's our obligation as humans being Stewards and caretakers of the earth And of animals That's why when you're not supposed to kill animals You're not supposed to be talking First of all if you're saying that Get out We have to kill animals to survive Yeah. You can go eat grass and see how long your body takes To wither away and die You need red meat protein You need fat You need omegas You need everything inside meat To keep you alive And To deal with the moral situation sooner than later is going to be better for us all. Right. We just need to understand. We need to have a a real adult, unemotional, logical, reasonable conversation with each other and understand that McDonald's, Taco Bell, all that is actually doing us all a disservice because it's so disconnected from the source you couldn't see a blade of grass Within a thousand miles of the meat At Taco Bell you know mm, what I mean
2: Right absolutely
0: It's I don't know It's alarming but It it all kind of goes back to One of two things For me to kind of circle it all around To what we talked about at the beginning With people and their struggles in life And with social media and depression Anxiety and all this There's two things missing That I see in 9 out of 10 people that are that I notice as troubled online that are just like silently screaming for help their diet is messed up
2: oh absolutely
0: and they have little to no faith in anything but the government or some agency or mm-hmm. human controlled body that is clearly fault Humans are faulty. We're all faulty. We're, 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 we're problematic. Yep. We cause issues. We don't create solutions very rarely. We, we tend to cause more problems than solutions. So I feel like, man, uh, if more people just got more in tune with what they're eating, with what they're doing with their time, what information is getting fed in their ears via music as well as words. Music as well as words Mm -hmm. And then maybe take a break From social media and stop taking those pictures Like you had said like just go fishing Just enjoy that beautiful Trout that you pull out of the water or that big bass Remember it take that picture For yourself you know show your girlfriend Or show your friend show your family but maybe Not post everyone online Take small steps Today that will affect You tomorrow and for the future For the better and those man. Those small steps is what gets us places. It's not your big ones. Big steps, you just trip and fall all the time. You have to take those small, little baby steps. Just like off of... uh, What's that movie? What about Bob? (laughs) Bill Murray. What a reference. Baby steps. Baby steps out the hall. Baby steps out the office. Dr. Marvin. Dr. Leo Marvin. Marvin. Dr. Leo Marvin I'm doing it (laughs) it's exactly that people are Bill Murray and what about Bob most people are nowadays and it's it's it hurts me to see that a lot of these people weren't like this and a lot of people became like this and there's there's some pretty easy fixes it's like sort out what you're eating get to sleep at a reasonable time or sleep long enough and then watch what you're filtering in and out of your of your head on your screens watch what your friends are saying and think and feel. And if you find yourself kind of being the outcast of everyone and like completely opposite, then maybe it's time you find some people that can understand and talk with you even on disagreeable subjects without completely hating you and trashing you and trashing your opinion.
2: I think that's the big thing. Like surround yourself with people that you're also have things in common with, but also people that you're like inspired by too. So like if you're wanting to become a better fly fisherman, don't just sit there and watch YouTube and hope for the best. Like, yeah. go to Plateau Fly Shop. Go yeah. to the Southwest first, Missouri Fly Fishers. Like, first Saturday every month,
0: that. they have that uh, fly tying class, isn't yeah. that right? Yeah, Yep. Yeah. so yeah, that, that's exactly it. You have to put yourself in the environment.
2: Like, I'm a member of the Southwest Missouri Fly Fishers group here, and we have monthly fly tying nights as well as monthly meetings where people from all of the area get together and just talk about fishing. Yeah. You know, and that leads to events where everyone's going out to fish together. And if you don't know anybody, everyone there is so welcoming. Like yeah. you walk in and people are like, Oh, I don't know you. What's your name? Do you fish? Yeah. Have you fished? Yeah. Like how can I help you fish more?
0: And you know what I like about what you just said too, is also important to note. They didn't ask you what your political affiliation was when you walked in the door. No, no one cares. They didn't ask you if you ate meat or not. They didn't ask you what kind of car you drove, how much money you made, what kind of job you work at. This is where it's important the jujitsu community is a great representation. Yeah. Fishing, hunting, great representations of this. It doesn't matter who you are. You need to understand that we're all humans. We're all here to learn. We're all here to treat each other with respect. And it's a constant learning game. If you surround yourself with people that are woe is me, that's just what's going to happen to you as well. Exactly. You're going to fall into that same line. And unfortunately today people have, taken up these self-proclaimed roles as uh advocation experts where they feel the need to speak for every other person but themselves yeah and that's their pain man it's you have to understand your house is not in order you should not be telling me about anything jordan peterson is right until you make your bed until you clean your house take the trash out Take a shower, brush your teeth. You shouldn't be talking to anyone else about how they run their life.
2: Well, even then, like it's their life to run. You don't know what they're going through. Ultimately,
0: that's it. That's exactly right. But that's the point that they'll get to once they realize like it's none of their business. It's like you need to understand the moral of why you're going through this, this thought process is because you need to know that you're not the world. You are in it. Experiencing it with everyone else and the things you say online are etched it's like there's a there's just a record and I know people think that there's so many issues that need spoken on and spoken out for but like what we're saying if you haven't brushed your teeth quote or made your bed You can't help anybody yet. right? How can you get someone out of debt when you're $200,000 in debt yourself? The Bible has a line for this. Don't worry about the splinter in your friend's eye when there's a log in your own. Mm -hmm. Get your house in order. You are your house. You are a temple. Get your body, mind, and spirit all in order and healthy. Take out all the negative things in life. One gentleman went on Jordan Peterson a couple weeks ago and talked about how, of course, you know, this is a a physical world, but we're spiritual beings that live in this spiritual, in this physical world, in these bodies. And we interact with each other physically, but spiritually and emotionally at the same time. It's weird, but he's like with whether you like it or not, this is the rule of the universe. You can't be spiritless. In this world You have to be here With a spirit And it's not just your spirit It's not just like you Existing with your soul here it's, We are like sheep And we must be guided around In this realm because we would perish You Must have a spirit with you And that's scary to think about Because the people that don't attach a good spirit To them, they have a spirit Attached to them You can't not we're right. in a spiritual world, we are being led around. You need to be very careful. For instance, what he gave an example, this this guy, he's like, for instance, if you have a sex addiction, there is this God and he and he he said this God of this one I can't remember what tribe in South South America that has this name for this God. It's a fertility god. And he's like, mm-hmm. if you have a sex addiction, he's like, it is like Or it is, we're just theorizing, that God is attached to you like a leech. You've chosen him to represent you. And now he's on you. And you can't easily get him off. You have to work at it. And it takes time. And you can't be alone and unguided in this, I guess, realm or world without some sort of spirit guide. And that's where, if you are, you know, a believer in God, God tells you, he'll invite the Holy Spirit into you when you believe and that Holy Spirit guides you. And the Bible explains how the Holy Spirit guides you and in what ways. And then it lines up a lot with what this guy was talking about in Jordan Peterson, that we all have a spirit guide. It's mandatory for our existence in this, in this realm. And it's very interesting to talk about because I start thinking about some of my friends. That I know for a fact, well, obviously I can't know the intent of someone's heart and mind, but I know for a fact that they do not have God in their life Mm -hmm. anymore, or at least to the capacity that they need to be Mm -hmm. They're being led around like a sheep to slaughter by this, whatever spirit has decided to take hold. And that spirit is guiding them around to all their other spirit friends that are all in the same game. Mm-hmm. And it's leading to a demise, and some spirits are just faster than others at destroying your life, and that's the free will. You know, that's part of the free will. Someone, someone could argue, say, "Well, that how is that free will? Well, you chose to let that spirit attach to you." And it's a, it's an interesting concept to, to think about. That um, there's so much more going on in this world, obviously, than what we can perceive and what we know about even by example listed earlier with infrared lights and ultraviolet and stuff we can't see them but they're here they're happening all the time around us so to what level is this spirit world around us and having an effect and it's like if it is how we explained it i don't want to take a risk Mm -hmm. being led around by some crazy braxis chicken snake god or something you know what i mean like no thank you yeah I want the God of faith, hope, and love. I want love and hope in my life because that has shown time and time again in my life to be the only way to make it through this world, especially with other human beings. That's the only way to coexist. You have to have hope and you have to have love. You have to. And the only way to get those two, in my opinion, is having faith. Because it opens a door for being more understanding. Have some level of faith. I'm not saying you have to just immediately dive in and start reading the Bible immediately. I get it. It's a lot for some people to take. Some people have they hear a name and they get disdain and they curl up. I get it. That could be the spirit attached to you as well, making you more resistant to hearing, you know, another, another outlook and a potential savior. I just see a lot of people hurting and I made a post a while ago about it online. I just see a lot of people hurting and they don't have to. And it bums me out, man. There's so many super talented, super smart people that have willingly given in to whatever spirit that they have allowed to manifest whatever in their life. And now they sit back and wonder why is everything happening the way it is? Why has it happened the way it has? Where am I going? And they have no hope. And there's a, there's a really good teaching too. That's like a guy was really upset with his money situation. So he asked God, he's like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm really upset and worried that I don't have enough money. And God's like, yeah, I know. And that's it have to understand it's going to be fine. It's all fine. You're going to live. You're going to find a way there will be a way provided always, mm-hmm. but there won't be. If you haven't found love, if you haven't found family and friends that genuinely love and care for you, because that love is represented, connected like a battery and charged to you when you need it. And I can't imagine, I understand it's, it's, I understand it's like ketchup and mustard faith for, for, for some people I understand, but I personally can't imagine living in this world and going through life without having some sort of higher being to look to Mm -hmm. and trust and love and know I, I couldn't imagine because I know in my life and I thought I have a heart. I've got it. Extremely easy Look where we're sitting We're sitting indoors In a warm Climate controlled environment You know Perfectly fine Perfectly fine And healthy Mm -hmm. I'm talking I can see you I can hear you guys No one Of those Anxiety riddled people Recognize that feeling I feel like Yet And they're getting Prevented Or blocked From seeing That Opportunity And that's the hope That's why I said It's there are three that testify in heaven, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. It, it breaks everything. It breaks when someone's yelling at you. Hey, man, I'm, I'm really sorry I upset you. I love you. I'm mm-hmm. sorry.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: A soft word turns away wrath. Mm-hmm. It is so obvious that love beats everything. It's so obvious that love conquers all that it makes it really hard not to believe in God, in a creator. It's like, well, fear is almost equally as strong of an emotion as love, almost. But love wins, love beats it. It can conquer fear. Fear can't conquer love unless you're weak and you don't have faith, you don't have hope. Then it conquers love at that point. It's very interesting how we of humans, due to technology and time and busyness, we think we've gotten so far away from like the basic fundamentals of like being a human interacting with each other Mm -hmm. living in this world and what it means what potentially is going to happen after you know what has happened before us as well and I kind of think that we're the number one most special thing in the universe because we are both Physical and spiritual, we get to experience the entire universe with each other as one. At the same time, it's crazy, and we all have different yet the same experiences. Yeah, and th- all of these kind of understandings, they have softened my young, dumb, hardened heart. Right, when you're young and dumb, you don't know anything. And generally, it tends to happen to people in their forties or fifties and sometimes later for some people, but it's important to have an understanding and at least question, where am I? What am I doing? How did we get here? And what, what, what genuinely is the purpose of all this? Like, do I believe in higher power? Like, does God exist for me? And we can sincerely believe in something and be sincerely wrong. I understand that. Mm -hmm. I understand that fact, but in my life and the lives around me, the evidence is way too apparent that I personally would only be testifying and vouching for God. And I would strive for people to do similar. If they asked me they that, Hey man, what do you think about this? I'll be glad to tell you what has worked for me and what has worked for the people around me. You know, it's, I I can tell you, it'll probably work for you if you do it. If you commit to it, it, it more than likely is going to work for you. I don't see how it couldn't. It seems to be like the basic kind of human law. It's like, love your neighbor and pray for those who persecute you. Just like the Bible says. Hmm. Be nice to people. Some guys being a jerk, try and walk away, but give them a soft, kind word on your way out. And you'll be surprised at how it diminishes the anger and fear and hatred. And it just builds love. You don't have all these ridiculous social media posts
2: Yeah,
0: that I've, I haven't ever seen so much hate so prevalent in my life but of course we live in first world America so it is yeah. much more difficult for us no matter I know you can say well you didn't grow up in this yeah even in your part you know, even in the hood or even in the back redneck woods we have it way easier yeah. than a large majority of the rest of the world and if you want to be in the top one percent financially in the world, all you have to make is about thirty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. Yet the average income's what, like forty five ish here in the United States, forty five, forty eight thousand?
2: Something like that. Yeah. In Springfield, it's right around thirty five, yeah. Yeah.
0: So we're already in the top one percent of the whole world.
2: Of yeah. the world.
0: The world. It's time we appreciate what we got. You know, it's it's time we start helping our friends instead of hurting them. And if you see people I've been trying to do this. I try not to comment and post. And I try to talk in person. Mm-hmm. Or at least send a message or at least talk on the phone or something. And, and I try to give it time in between said post too. Just to let emotions it's calm a, down a little bit. Because I know some people just it, get yeah. riled up over mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. Over no one they've ever met. Over policies they probably don't even agree with to begin with. They have no idea what's going on, yep. and they're just blindly arguing against their, their like mother. I've seen people like break their families up over politics, and it's mm-hmm. like, dude, that's, that's your mom. I've heard people say things about their mother because they voted different, and I almost slapped them open hand. Yeah. It's like, listen, dude, don't be saying that kind of stuff around me because like, I'm going to get really mad. You have no... Imagine if I told your mom what you just said about her. Like, imagine. Yeah. Well, don't do that. Well, why'd you say it?
2: Don't Yeah, don't yeah. say it about somebody if you can't say it to them.
0: Yeah, and that's social media.
2: Absolutely. And it's so easy whenever you don't have to see them face-to-face to yeah. have those feelings. Like, oh, this actually has no repercussion whatsoever if I just type this and send it.
0: Yep, that's the biggest problem that it brewed. It's a faceless, nameless confrontation. And confrontations are made to be nose-to-nose mm-hmm. because you need... A mutual respect. It's like if Mike and I are at at ends here, and we're disagreeing, and me and him both have a gun at our hip and a sword on our back. I'm gonna watch what I say to Mike, mm-hmm. and Mike will probably watch what he says to me. Doesn't mean he's gonna be dishonest, or doesn't mean I'm gonna be. It just means we're gonna be more polite and more courteous to each other, way. there's
2: a way to handle there
0: it. are ramifications. Yeah. If something were to go astray and that not saying everyone needs to carry on a gun and a sword, (laughs) you know, but the point I'm making is I think we need to be a lot more understanding and a lot more reasonable in our conversations instead of treating everything like a debate stage because most of these kids, it's not a debate the way they're talking to each other. I did debate in high school. I did Lincoln Douglas and stuff. I understand how it works. It's talking. It's communicating. Mm. What I loved about Lincoln Douglas debate is They do something like Okay the death penalty You are arguing for it And then you You, you spend an hour Creating evidence Creating your argument And you argue for you the death penalty And then they immediately take you And they say now are you against it And you have to now go against everything you just said Right And bring up real honest Accurate points That criticize your own points It's the best, best method for learning how to be civil in a conversation and learn that you're not right. You're just presenting words to the game. a lot of critical thinking. Yeah, and I think more people should be doing something like that too. I think that's a great exercise um, in just being more polite and understanding with disagreeable topics because something like the death penalty, I've even changed my stance since high school on this twice. You know, at first I was for it. Then I, well, three times. First I was for it, against it, for it. And now I'm completely against it because unfortunately there, until we have a way to know if someone's actually guilty until we stop killing innocent people, I'm not going to, I can't call myself like a, a Christian and be like, yeah, kill him, right. kill him, kill him. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> I wasn't there. I don't know. God's the ultimate judge. I know God gave us law to show men what sin was. I understand the purpose of law and structure and order. I understand. But to say without a doubt, like, as a human being, we're going to just hold the power and authority to end your life from this realm forever. Mm -hmm. Cut you off from this world, your family, your friends forever, because we're pretty sure you murdered these people.
2: Well, and even then, that's not giving them a, another chance, too, for the most yeah. part. I mean, granted, they could yeah. be a multiple offender, and that's why they're yes, there. Yes, yes, but...
0: and obviously, obviously, should it be there? Yes, but you're going to have to convince me if I were a jury literally without a any yeah. doubt. Yeah. they You must have them on camera. You must have DNA with the camera, video, with witnesses, with like all sorts of stuff. It would be ridiculous the kind of stuff that I would require because I don't want to kill an innocent human being. Right. I don't yeah. want to be responsible for that. You know. That's uh that's why that conversation, <clears throat> that debate is very important because it's challenged me even over these this many years. Mm-hmm. And I'm 32 now, I haven't been in high school 16 years, and that same question has challenged me over the years right. and continuously made me take that same principle and apply it elsewhere to all other aspects of my learning or thinking.
2: And I think that's how any like life-changing type of thought process should be handled as well. Yeah. You should look at it from all sides instead of just like, you know, I, I know a lot of people that believe a certain way and I'll ask why I'm like, well, that's what my dad and my grandpa believed and it's just kind of been passed on to me. Yeah. It's like, I get why if you look up to those people, then you absolutely want to believe the same way they do and why wouldn't you? Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, there's, there's a certain point where you have to think for yourself, especially about those really important topics. Yeah.
0: And if it's anything on personal growth, personal journey, personal faith, you have to do it by yourself.
2: Well, and look at all the resources we have now too. Yeah. Like Every just, book just in the world
0: is, is like written yeah. about how to find these things, mm-hmm. personal growth, how to get more happy, how to get more success when really it's going back to your roots. Yeah. Family, friends, staying an honest true faith hope and love trying to maintain healthy balance of everything healthy criticism of yourself healthy righteous criticism of your friends you are allowed to be angry at your friends actions mm-hmm. i have people that say well how dare you christians have done this time out let's stay on topic for a second every christian in the world has done this well you, you're right on one aspect every human is a sinner mm-hmm. In my eyes, every human is a sinner. We're all the same. So I'm not more special than you just because I believe a certain way. You know, this is this is where people get all <sighs> argumentative and finger-pointing. They start saying, well, you did this. Well, you did this. It's like, well, if your God is a God of love, I've gotten this question before. How come he can send people to hell and burned forever. And I said, well, this is very easy for me to answer. And it wasn't for a long, 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 long time. I didn't know. I didn't even grasp it. Then I finally didn't realize God doesn't send you to hell. That's the reality of the situation. We're already going to hell. We're already all sinners. We're all kind of dirtbags. We're all liars. We we've all lied. We've all stealed. We've all done lots of stuff that we shouldn't have done. Before we were even knowing what's right or wrong, but you were already doing it. And it's like, because of this, it's certainly not God sending you. Right. That's just the game. That's the rules. It's like we're playing Monopoly. The rules are you go around and clockwise and you pass go. And every time you pass go, you collect $200. That's the rules. we are you going to get mad at, what was it, Milton Bradley or whoever that made the game and be like, well, that's stupid. You should get $400. I should move two squares at once that's the game that's the that's the game that we're playing we're playing this game and the reality to me is we're already doomed we're already just so bad at being humans we're we're just we just cheat each other we lie to each other and then eventually in our older age we get a little better hopefully like we get less offensive you know we get less offensive and a little more wise and a little nicer. We we strive for that. So it's it's really God's saving us at that point is my right. belief. He's not sending you. He's like, he's letting you have the free choice to choose. But he's, he's, he's warning you. He's like, you're already doomed. And there's so many ways to go about this. But there's only one way that you're actually going to get through this. I promise you. And that bugged me for a long time because I didn't know how to explain that to people when they would ask me and question my own faith. And then it caused me to be like, I don't don't know how to answer that because they're right. Why would a loving, caring God ever kill anyone? You know, why would he allow this to happen to like, like why would he ever allow some horrible crimes that we all know exist? He's like, why would that? Because we're all given free, free choice. We're all given free will to do what we want but it is not consequence free
3: mm-hmm.
0: and everything has a payment and the wages of sin is death right. he tells you in the Bible so it's for myself that's why I keep saying this because this is all about my, my, my faith I'm not trying to speak for anyone else's absolute fact but for me it is in my faith that's what the wages are I already owe it yeah. I've already sinned so I owe death now dad dadgummit we already know we're all going to die. We all die. We can't not die. There's no science and medical, anything that's going to save you. We're all going to die and the world keeps going. So he tells me that the wages of my terrible actions have been sin, our death. And, but the gift of God is eternal life. That sounds much better to me. So then through my troublesome, rebellious, young, kid life of doing dumb stuff and making bad choices, you know, and hanging out with the wrong people doing all that. You don't realize these kind of, uh, you know, repercussions or ramifications and until, until later. And for some people, it always like, it breaks my heart because some people don't make it out of their young life alive, you know, and they're in that broken stage where they're still trying to be spoken to and they're still trying to be helped. But I've already lost so many people to heroin and fentanyl and stuff since school. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. So many people. And it's like, they were just hurting. That's it. They were just in pain. And I'm not saying I have the absolute facts and truth, but I know what can help you. And I would be more than happy to help any of my friends on this topic and I'll talk with you about it Talk with you why I feel and believe the way I do And tell you how and why it's helped me The worst you could do is give it a shot Absolutely Instead of dying young At 16 At 19 At 22 And again at 25 And then at 27 I've literally lost kids at like all those ages right. A girl yeah. overdosed, and overdosed when I was a freshman in high school At a pill, yeah. pill party That was the first one of like mm-hmm. Everyone, when we all were affected, we're like, we're 16 and we can die?
2: Right, yeah.
0: I thought dying's for old people. And how stupid is that comment I just made? But that's the realization that all kids have at some point. Yeah. They're like, I'm actually gonna die. And I think that my struggles and troubles and my journey uh, through that point until you know 28 ish 26 28 years old I had no idea what I was doing I knew what I was supposed to do but I didn't want to do it yeah and I just you just constantly see where you should be and where you are and you're like I know this is why I'm here because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing it's like Mm -hmm. your stomach growls because you're hungry it's telling you it's telling you to eat we get signs from the universe all the time If you want to call it that Signs from the universe right. people say I call it signs from God Signs from the universe all the time That tells you things God says if he's trying to tell you something He's going to tell you at least twice yeah. He's going to show you He's going to present it to you And be like hey Hey I know you like music Mike I'm going to put a pedal steel in front of you Because you don't know where you're going to be in two years from now But I do I'm going to put a pedal steel in front of you You're going to love it And you're going to work at it And next thing you know you're going to be doing that thing. You're like, you know what? I really do love this. I actually kind of always wanted to be in a band where I was playing pedal steel mm-hmm. and you start discovering little things in life. Start kind of correcting mm. and it, and you're like, maybe it's because you're kind of doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're, it may not, I'm not saying you're not going to be exempt from bad things and troubles. It's absolutely not what I'm talking about, but you're going to breeze through stress and anxiety much easier right. and they're going to come less frequent. I just have some hopeless friends and it really bums me out, man. Cause I have a feeling a couple of them are genuinely hopeless now. And I don't know how to bring back the hope for them because I can't. That's yeah, it's a decision they have to make themselves. Yeah. And it, uh, and it's, and it's, uh, and it's unfortunate that our current climate, um, our society is more encouraging of people to continue being sick Mm -hmm. instead of getting help and correcting their issues and problems like they need to. Mm -hmm. It's whether it's take this pill or you don't need to go outside. You don't need vitamin D, even though 90% of the deaths of the last like three years were because of vitamin D deficiency was like they said most of the deaths during the pandemic unbelievably could have been prevented by just having a little bit more vitamin D in your system and I was like what what (laughs) you mean I all I had to do was step outside the door Mm -hmm. and the first thing they told you was stay inside second thing was take this shot they didn't say sleep well eat well and go outside You mean to tell me that those three things would have solved a lot of this dadgummit, man, people are hurt and they're lost because basic things that should be common sense like that didn't even pop in their head. It didn't pop in people's head that are intelligent enough to know the difference of like what they should be doing. I know we've gotten way off topic, you know, but it is, I always enjoy talking about psychology and sociology and then involving faith and, and seeing where where people are and kind of where they feel about it. I also like seeing how people respond. You don't have to agree with me on anything, obviously, but I see people literally curl up when I say like God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even worse. If I say Jesus, Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And that to me has become like a test. Now it's like you got a spirit with you. And if you curl up, furl your brow and like literally almost like snort because you come out with this immediate like hateful comment or like making fun comment that's just like way over the line. It's like, dude, you got something going on there. If you can't even hear just a name and be okay with it, that should alarm you. Because to me, that's probably not a good spirit attached to you. If he can't even hear Jesus's name without curling up and being like, Oh, don't say that. Oh, don't say that around me. Mm -hmm. Then dude, you need to get your life in order. You know, (laughs) like you need to get your life in order. Cause again, I just want my friends to do really well and whatever they do, I want them to be happy. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to be in pain anymore. I don't want to see them continually suffer physically and or mentally and emotionally day in and day out when it is all preventable mostly by diet and sleep. And if you want to get real frisky, talk to me about faith and we'll start talking. But mm-hmm. it's like a lot of your problems is mostly diet and sleep. Honestly, yeah, it's absolutely. stop, stop eating the garbage, stop doing stuff, find healthy outlets like music, find yeah. some good guys to play with, you know, good guys, or good girls to play with, play some music, get involved in something that you can emotionally connect with other people despite differences fly fishing despite differences you're all there to fly fish you know it doesn't matter what you do how you feel about certain things you know it's finding that that community of of loving caring human beings that are actually going to help each other and not just bring each other down
2: and starting any of it is scary but everybody who's there is there to help
0: absolutely absolutely it's super crucial it doesn't matter what you do uh, just try your best, surround yourself with good people. If you got bad people around you, try and give them a chance to change. Mm-hmm. Maybe, depending on the person, if you know them well enough, righteously be angry with them about their decisions. But hey, man, you really got to stop doing, like, cocaine. Like, please stop. I don't want you arrested. And worse, I don't want you dead or you know, something crazy because there's fentanyl or something in it. Like, listen, I know you're... you you're having fun. You're doing this, but like I care for you. There's a, there's a time and a place to be righteously angry. Yeah, and I think it's time that we start holding ourselves and our friends and family accountable for what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. At least a little more so mm. than what we're doing. I'm not talking about getting like kind of what happened during the pandemic where everyone was asking about everyone's health and medical and all this like, geez, that was disgusting and messy and just wrong. But you know what I mean? You know, just, you see your friends having a bad day, just talking to them. Like my bandmate, uh, he just posted in Voxer, uh, a few days ago, he's having a real rough time. Um, his grandma is probably going to go into the nursing home. So they're kind of dealing with the health and they're doing tests right now to be, dealing with that and she lives in nebraska so it's not like he can go see his grandma you know what i mean and he's not one to like really talk about his feelings very often so he just said you know this is really sucks we're probably gonna have to put my grandma in a nursing home that's all he said about it. so just saying that enough was big for him and i know it was Mm -hmm. so i just said hey man that i'm really sorry i know that's always a really hard time so stay with your family i was like love you dude That means more to him. I know it does, whether he says it or not. I know he does because I know the people in his life aren't doing that. And it's just unfortunate, but Mm
3: -hmm.
0: be that person. Then be that person for your friends, be the example, be that soft word, because that soft word is one that people want to listen to when stuff's really going wrong. And people might think I'm crazy on certain beliefs sometimes or certain conversations I like to have just because I'm having them. But ultimately when someone's really hurting, I've noticed some people do confide in me and they do trust me. And it's I don't have any other interests other than you at that moment. Like I'm, I'm genuinely trying to care for what you're going through and how you got in this position. More importantly, not just how to get out because you can get out, but you can fall right back in. So it's like, what was the issue? What is the issue? You know, is it really just, you have no money? Why is there no money? Why is there no money? What's happening? What's happening to it? Why are there no friends around you anymore? You know, have you, have you thought of examining your life to any degree that you would notice these things? Cause some people don't, <laughs> they go yeah. through the whole life being mm-hmm. jerks. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they go through their whole life being a straight ass. Mm -hmm. And it's really unfortunate. No realization. um, No awareness of who they are and who they're talking to and how they're talking to them. And I've just become a lot more introspective about that lately and trying to at least communicate with people better. I'm not trying to change anyone. I'm trying to communicate with people better. Because communication is all messed up right now. It's you can say something and someone can hear you firsthand and take it completely different nowadays. They're like, well, you meant this. That's not what I said. So it's I it's slowing down, not being emotional, being logical, being reasonable, and that nice soft, soft word is what I've really Really been at least focusing on trying to be much better at. I'm not good at it, mm-hmm. but I'm I I've always had a a bad temper. I've always had a bad temper, and it seems to really got bad whenever I lost my father. 15 and a half, like 15 and a half, mm-hmm. 16. I was just angry, right? Just that normal reaction for a young yeah, boy. Absolutely. Just really angry, and it and that temper are just a short fuse. And then I went right into cooking and then chefing. So it's like again short views you have no time, the pressure's high, the mm-hmm. stress is super high. so it's been really impossibly hard the last like ten years trying to soften myself and not be the chef at home and not be the chef at band practice. Mm-hmm. you know not be the chef in my friend's circle or at events because, I just have to understand that people are not as aware as I am to what I'm paying attention to. Of course not, because they're not me. I'm right. the one paying attention yeah. to what I'm paying attention to. They can't possibly read my mind or know what I'm thinking about. I can't be mad at someone for for acting the way they are. That's just how they are. Yeah. You know, but we can sure help our friends make better decisions. And in the meantime, we'll be making better decisions and helping ourselves as well. I think that's kind of the moral of what this whole thing was, you know, kind of about the emotional and spiritual thing is just trying to be there for your friends, but actually be there, like not just taking them to the bar or meeting them at the bar to get a drink. Like, maybe not include alcohol in Everything, Especially if your friends are hurting or something mm-hmm. like if they're having a bad time, maybe go do something else that time because yeah. maybe when they're down in the dumps and then you introduce alcohol, they start making connections and then it becomes habitual mm-hmm. and then it's a bad problem before you know it. And we're dealing with that with friends, too. Yeah, you know alcoholism and drug mm-hmm. addictions and stuff and it's that's that's another Uphill battle that's so impossibly hard You know to beat especially by yourself It'd be near impossible you have to have friends family And faith of some Kind hope to pull you out hope That you know you're going to get out Faith that you know you're going to be safe And you're going to have a softer landing And love that you're going to be surrounded by people That love you that can help you out when you Mm -hmm. fail Yep And it's not just the three legs Like people talk about like the physical The emotional And the mental You're missing one key factor That's a three-legged table And that's going to be wobbly as crap You're missing the spiritual aspect too You have to have some form of spirituality in this world Because this seems to be A weird spiritual physical realm mesh thing So I feel like a lot of people uh, They got a lot of searching to do Just like I do every day Just like I continue to do Just like I will continue to do I just encourage more to more people to kind of do do more of that. And those hobbies like fishing, man, and hunting, and music, they all help me connect to people, yeah. nature, and God all at the same time, depending mm-hmm. on what activity I'm doing. And it's really incredible, as you know, being on stage, watching people dance, move, and sing to what you're playing. Right. Or singing mm-hmm. It's it's a weird feeling Because sometimes you know the kind of power you have At that moment And the manipulation That you That you could abuse mm-hmm. um, An example Is With our band We used to leave our gigs Playing Songs like like the last song on the set list, we'd play like System of a Down, like BYOB and stuff. Mm. That is not doing our crowd a, a good service. We are leaving them amped, energetic, wild, and rowdy Right at yeah. bar close. And what are they to do now? We have a responsibility that I didn't even realize. That's a
2: good point. Mm-hmm.
0: You need to cater your set to understanding what you're doing. Obviously, we, we talked about catering the set and the mm-hmm. music to the the bar and the people and the location, right? Yeah. But it, it also goes in line with that. It's like I heard of a professional musician. I can't remember what band. It was on like an uh, interview and he was talking. He's like, you know how irresponsible it is to leave the fans at a high energy point and just, see ya. They're going to go drinking and driving. They're going to go do drugs and party because everyone's all amped. It sounds crazy, but that's what they do. Mm -hmm. You've left their emotions and adrenaline on high and it is your job to bring them up and then slowly bring them down to higher than when you started, but lower than your highest point. You need to leave them feeling. So now we leave, um, we tend to, uh, play, man, what song is that? this is the worst that I can say things will better if I stay My chemical yes dance, we uh, so long and good night yeah. we leave with that because obviously it's a little high energy but it's like so long and good night and mm-hmm. it kind of ends on bringing it back down it's not so wild as something like system of a down or right. Norma Jean and we were being but very irresponsible it. yes yeah. yes they sing along they smile they feel good and they're like see ya and we're kind of like subliminally saying, "Pay your bill, get out of here." Right. See ya. And it works. It works. When we started doing that, it seemed to kind of be a little friendlier. the The energy and the the vibe in the room was just a lot better than when. Yeah. It felt like a fight after we played System oh, of a I Down. Oh, bet yeah. Tense in the yeah. room. As Tense. Yeah,
2: songs amped. Yeah.
0: So interesting, you know. Interesting. Let me see. Is there anything else you guys want to hit on? That you can think of? No. Mike? No, I don't
1: think so. I'm going to have to get to a gig here. Yep. So. yep.
0: You got a gig tonight. Yep. Oh, man. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Well, congrats. Good luck on that. Yeah. It's we'll going to be fun, I'm sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Casey and Mike, I appreciate you guys coming out. Man, thanks uh, for having me. It's been fun. Talked about a lot of stuff. We'll do it again. We'll talk about more stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've been Grant. Thanks for listening. Well, be, before we go to, aren't you remind these guys uh, where they can find you? Uh, Facebook pages, social media, anything like that, too. Yeah, you can you find.
2: Uh, yeah, you can find all of my stuff on Facebook. Um, Instagram is Casey underscore Callison. Um, same as TikTok, but yeah, you can find it all there. And then Honky Tonk Dream is also on Facebook as well and nice. Instagram, but it's Honky Tonk Dream four one seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, what about you? I'll just keep
1: an eye on the Facebook, you know. So that's where it all gets out there. Right on. For whatever reason. So, and blimamplification.com. Absolutely. L e h m.
0: Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you guys for listening as well. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. See ya.